Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next episode of Seventh Circle of Film. I am your host, as always, stuck here perpetually, Kieran, and coming back, Stockholm Syndrome Band. Yeah, it's me, bitches. It's like a transient system where I, he basically finds me on the street and kind of tortures me for about 20 minutes. Oh, sorry. About four hours, because let's face it, each film is a fucking pain in the ass. And then we talk about it for another four hours, so it's it's a whole day event. Was it the Slipknot gig first? That yeah, found you yeah. out and then foisted all this shit upon? Yeah, basically, it was a Slipknot gig. I bumped into you at uh, ass. You didn't and... fucking... I bumped into you. I tapped Sorry, on your yeah. back, said hi, and you went, fuck off. And then your yeah. brother had to turn around and say, oh shit, Kieran. Yeah, I was having a bad day, all right. <laughs> They were great. Fuck. Yes, yeah, Slipknot were great. I was just having a bad day for other reasons. And some, uh, what was it, a pagan death metal band or some shit? That, um, they hurt. I could hear them from like the fucking train station. Yeah, I can't remember what what band was on before. Oh, can I? I think they've just beamed out any fucking wording in my head, any memories just from the level of fucking sound. But yeah. Back into it. And with two decent films. Yeah, I actually didn't want to kill myself through these, so thanks for the switch up. One of my favourite 80s actions ever. Um, possibly ever, to be honest. Possibly my favourite 80s action going. And then something that I defend as late 90s crap, but uh, I know a lot of people hate. It's, yeah, we're in the minority. Yeah. Right, so this when I say I like bad movies that are good... This is the kind of thing that I'm on about, and I guess, I guess if you've probably read the title, you'll understand that we're what, talking about the Escape from New York and LA films. But this is like the bad, crap, good movies that I talk about. I enjoyed this. It's like the archetypal B movie in it. Yeah, absolute classic. Like you it, get that it's... sci-fi fifties feel from it. It's absolutely one of those films where you know everyone in it is playing this completely straight-faced. And because, it, again, this is the 80s, you're supposed to take it with a grain of salt. But, and back in the 80s, they were probably like, this is all cool and they're high-tech gear and stuff like that. But nowadays, it's just like, this is bad, and that means it's good. I think the best way I've seen it described is um, Snake Plissken is winking to you throughout the entirety of the film, but you can't see it because it's beneath, beneath the eye patch. Oh, you can? He, there's, a, there's a small part in this... I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a small part in this film where his eye patch flips up and you can see he's just a dude with two eyes and he's wearing an eye patch to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Oh, I, I, fuck, I that is amazing. There's there's a bit in this, so if anyone's watching this, I, I guess you can't really watch along with this podcast, but if anyone's checks this film out after this, uh, it's part where he's getting chased down the street and he busts through a wall. When he busts through the wall, his eye patch flips up and you can clearly see the dude's got two eyes. <laughs> I really hope that was intentional. I hope so, but I don't think it was. That, that's hilarious. Uh, right, might as well jump straight into it. Uh, cast and crew, this is going to go on for a while because these are, I mean, it's my top three directors. Uh, one of my favourite actors. This is going to take a bit. So, directed by John Carpenter. 
I can imagine some people might be a bit pissed that of all the John Carpenter films we're doing, we're doing this fucking one. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, for a horror podcast, Halloween, The Thing, Mouth of Madness, They Live. Um, but John Carpenter, very much like uh, Cronenberg, with the stuff he's done with uh, History of Violence. Um, fuck, I can't remember the name of it now, but Twins, the uh, Jeremy Irons one. And a couple others here and there. He's one of the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the quintessential horror directors out there that I think does better work outside of horror. Maybe not so much consistently, because The Thing is amazing and Halloween's great, obviously, but shit like They Live, which are now classed as horror. Assault and Precinct 13, which is phenomenally good. Much more grounded than this. Um, Prince of Darkness is horror, I suppose. And Christine's shit. And, uh, fuck. Oh, I'll put it in uh, Kurt Russell, haven't I? Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Absolute classic. Hey. Great film where he goes, what is it? He hunts down an ancient Chinese warlord who's living under Little China in uh, San Francisco? I think so. I haven't seen it in ages. But yeah, I think it is San Francisco. Yeah, John Carpenter is just one of those directors who does so well, I think, outside the genre. Also, just objectively, the best director who does all the music for his films. Uh, So for Halloween, famously, he had three days like locked in a studio with synths to go over that entire thing because he didn't have access to an orchestra first film obviously uh, the thing he did the theme for this film he did the theme for and i stand by that this is the best theme he's ever done in any of his <laughs> fucking music it, it's it's great like the opening credits theme fucking phenomenal writers wise junk hunter all the stuff he's done uh nick castle who's done a couple things here and there hook if anyone remembers that shit um, it was the I can't remember his fucking name. Is Dustin this the Robin Williams. Yeah, the Robin Williams Dustin Hoffman one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the day, helped write that. Uh, August Rush and the Last Starfighter, and uh, Deborah Hill. I'm not going to repeat, but basically, it's just frequent collaborator with Carpenter, produced most of his shit, wrote a good chunk of it as well. At least four films. I know Halloween, uh, the two Escape films she pops up in, and there's one more that I can't remember. Save my life now. Cinematographer by Dean uh, Cundy, who's done loads of classics, Jurassic Park, Apollo 13, who framed Roger Rabbit, classic 80s stuff, and modern classics as well, like the Flintstones, Garfield, and uh, Jack and Jill, with uh, Al Pacino. Sorry, should I say Don Gugino. When you say Jack and Jill, do you mean the Adam Sandler thing? Yeah, I do mean that one. He's, fuck he, you. He did all the fuck shooting you. on fuck, that. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> How do you go from Jurassic Park and your friend Roger Rabbit to filming Al Pacino? Yeah. Fucking wasting away. Oh, <laughs> poor bastard. He had three ideas that were good, and the rest is just coasting that. <laughs> it's like Benjamin fucking Button. He starts with everything amazing and then slowly just deteriorates into a fucking baby. Yeah. Cast wise, you've got Kurt Russell playing Snake Plissken. Great fucking name, by the way. Uh, in The Thing, uh, more recently, I've uh, got Bone Tomahawk, which Western-themed uh, fighting thing. Western, one of my favourite genres going. I think it's your dad's favourite genre, right? Yeah, my dad constantly watches like old war films or country and Western, that's it. Because he has to be the stereotype. Yeah. Is it, I don't think it's like the new stuff, though, is it? It's like Hombre and shit. The Alamo. All the yeah, yeah, 60s. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're great. Oh, I'll yeah. defend them until the day I die, but... In terms of that, I mean, he made his mark on Western stuff, Kurt Russell in Bone, uh, not Bone to what, fuck me, Tombstone, which all the stuff about, um, oh, the West, West Corral, Shootout, 
uh, with Erp Wyatt and Doc Holliday. Great shit. Uh, Stargate, great stuff. Big Trouble in Little China, as said. Uh, and The Fox and the Hound from Disney. It was apparently, when I was reading into this, uh, this is the first film we did to kind of try to get away from Disney. Fox and the Hound, he played one of the main characters in that. Pretty decent Disney film, but he wanted to get away from that image. And so he really auditioned hard as fuck to get the main lead in this. Uh, he went for it 100%. And then he ended up, I want to say, kind of hardening his uh, role in it. He suggested the eye patch. Uh, he suggested the kind of Clint Eastwood-esque mimicry through it just to try to make his image as far away. And to this day, this is the favorite, his favourite character he's ever played in any of the films he's ever done. Does look fun as shit, you'll admit. Yeah, right. I will admit it looks fun being. I wouldn't even say a Mary Sue because he gets his ass handed to him in these films. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, it just looks like fun. <laughs> that's the weird thing about eighties action heroes. They kind of got the shit kicked out of them, uh-huh. and the only reason they win is because they're lucky. Most of the time, yeah. Like, um, uh, the... unless your name's Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> or Sliced Alone, then yeah, you got your ass handed to you, and you were like either luck or just like sheer tenacity is the only reasons that you won this film, sort of thing. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I mean, even Stallone, like Dread, he got the shit kicked out of him. Judge Dread. Remember, like, he got captured at one point, and a couple of the others here, and they obviously lost in fucking Rocky. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen that 40-year-old film. Uh, right, going down, uh, Lee Van Cleef, who's playing Hawk, classic Western actor, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, wasn't originally going to be in that, actually. Fun thing, um, because Sergio Leone didn't want uh, duplicated actors beyond, obviously, Clint Eastwood. But he got in it because he was that fucking good. Uh, for a few dollars more, uh, High Noon and Sabata, also, if I remember rightly, returned to Sabata, who was in at some point. Going down, Donald Pleasance playing the president, who was in off your Halloween as Loomis, uh, The Great Escape, Prince of Darkness, You Only Live Twice as Blofeld, uh, Harry Dean Stanton as the brain, just fucking packing on classic actors, Christine, which is shit, Cool Hand Luke, Repo Man, amazing, pretty in pink, and finishing off with a music legend of the soul era fucking Motown stuff, uh, Isaac Hayes, who, yeah did a shitload of music back in the 70s Shaft mm-hmm. and was chef in South Park uh, yeah I didn't know I knew that I knew that a famous person was chef but I didn't know it was this guy did you know he quit because of Scientology I did know that yes yeah. <laughs> he's a Scientologist I mean, he, yeah he was okay to making fun of Christianity and stuff but as soon as someone took the piss out of Scientology he was like nope I mean, let's be fair here like Yahweh and all that shit, all those books, you know, they, they are fair game. They're pretty easy to put holes in. But Zeno and the lords from our holy planet, from beyond the yonder, it, I think it's hard to uh, properly criticize that in good faith. Yeah, totally. Did I ever tell you when I went to a Scientology uh, center? No. Me and Mike went down uh, to the Scientology center down in London because that's what we do for fun while we're in London. And, uh-huh. um, we both ended up taking the test there. Because they, they give you like this personality test after showing you a load of shit. We didn't actually find yeah. out anything. It was really fucking boring. But we both kind of made a thing where Mike would answer like a fucking retard. 
like he was complete, like a moron. Mm. Uh, and I'd, I'd answer like a, a normal person, like how I'd answer, just to see what they'd do. And they ended up just shafting me off and treating me like, like an idiot. <laughs> like some okay. service user just dragging him around and asking for fucking money, basically. Oh, spectacular. They actually like, do you believe in um, crystal healing? Do you believe in homeopathy? Do you believe there's more to life than mantra gain? Oh, it's, right. It's great. And they had like uh, scenarios, Scientology's bollocks. Not that I needed to really tell you that or state that out. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, of... sorry if any Scientologists are listening. But... <laughs> You're bollocks. <laughs> right, uh, budget box office stuff. Uh, Six million US dollars budget, which is fuck all. And box office of 25 million point two US dollars for the time. Made a profit. Uh, Trivia-wise, model of the city set was repainted later and used for Blade Runner. Uh, the shot where the helicopter flies over Central Park during the point uh, was filmed in California, and the buildings in the background were Mate paintings by James fucking Cameron of uh, Avatar fame. A very, very young James Cameron. So the, uh, yeah, the film was originally wrote during the Watergate scandal by Nixon back in 70... Fuck, I should know this. 74, I'm going to say. It was halfway through. Um, I've been reading a shitload of stuff on Nixon recently and the George McGovern 72 elections, because that's what I do in my spare time. I read about presidents that have no fucking <laughs> bearing on my life. Clearly, yeah, yeah. Fascinating stuff, actually. It's where they um, coined the term pig fucker politics. Right. I didn't even know that was a thing. So pig fucker politics. I think it was Lyndon B. Johnson who said, um, uh, tell the media that he has cordial relations with his sow. And then his PR team said they're not going to believe that. And he said they don't need to believe it. They just need to make him deny it. <laughs> yeah, B. Johnson was an arse. Not as bad as Nick's, uh, actually. He had a bigger dick, to be fair. That's something. Uh, oh, yeah, and um, I just want to take a quote before we actually begin by Siskel from uh, Roger Eben's Siskel stuff, uh, where he said it's a cartoon and it was always intended to be, which I think really uh, underlines the purpose of Escape from New York, that it, it's not meant to be taken seriously at fucking all. And right, everyone, you're right, when you said earlier, and you, I think you hit the nail on the head, we said everyone acts seriously and that's what makes the film so great. Yeah. Everyone takes every moment so fucking seriously. And at the same time, you're talking about, like, Snake Plissken beating up some Genghis Khan sumo wrestler. Partway yeah. through. To be fair, as soon as I saw that quote, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Because I could actually see this being animated and it being just, like, equally as good. I mean, the main character is yeah. called Snake Plissken. Yeah. That's... I mean, I, I have another reason for liking that, but we'll get into it when we bring up Metal Gear Solid, but... <laughs> Might as well not to be fair, is it, I don't play Metal Gear Solid, any of that shit. Uh, the only stuff I found while I was reading up and listening to some interviews and stuff is that John Carpenter gave his blessing to Hideo Kojima, right? Yeah. Uh, to say, yeah, you can you can use the likeness and you can use the, uh, the name. Um, yeah, so... I guess famously Hideo Kojima, or I guess the team around Hideo, because we can't blame Hideo for everything. Um, they 
copy pasted the cover for the Terminator film and basically just made it into a like um, they painted it. So it's basically the same actor that was in Terminator One. Um, I played same... uh, Carl Reese or Arnold. Yeah, Carl, uh, Carl Reese. Um, and they basically painted it and basically gave him the same clothes, same weapon that he was holding, even though it's supposed to be this futuristic like submachine gun thing, which you don't obviously get in the game. They put it on the cover art for the first game. And then the second one, I think, I'm fairly certain, they use the likeness of Carrot Russell in this for Big Boss. I ain't gonna <laughs> take contention with yeah. that. But yeah, there's there's subtle nods in all pretty much every single one of the games. Like the main character's name is Solid Snake. Um he is supposed to be dead in the second game and he could like it there's a person that shows up that looks exactly like him and he calls himself Iroquois Pliskin, which means Slate Snake Pliskin. Um what a great so, fucking code name as well. What a great secret name. Yeah. I'm supposed to be this SEAL team person, but my name is Iroquois, which means snake. It's not my fucking brother changing his name from Christian to Islam. <laughs> when I'm coming up with a code name, I go something fucking random. Gary, you don't go for yeah. a thesaurus. I'll go Jeff Goldblum, please. <laughs> that is so Japanese and it's just <laughs> cutting yeah. shit. I love it. That's yeah. so it's got such B movie energy to it. Yeah. Uh, basically this is a I wouldn't say a precursor to Metal Gear, but Metal Gear takes a inspiration. Heavy, a heavy amount of inspiration from this. Uh it's talking about dumb fucking concepts. Mm-hmm. Which I still adore. Um so we get a screen come up. I think it's done by Jamie Lee Curtis actually, uh, apparently, who does all the narration for like the computer in this bit. It said 19, oh, right. 1988, uh, a year far, far off from now, clearly. Uh, crime rate <laughs> rises by 400%, which is never going to happen in New York. New York's such a lovely place. Yeah, totally. Wonderful. Uh, so they use Manhattan Island as a giant prison, which there had to be a better choice, surely. When they were going through, which, which fucking island should we use for our prison? Should we use the one that makes us the most money with the massive <laughs> buildings? Or should we use Wyoming? For fuck's sake, lads. That would be yeah. like them coming here and going, right, we've got two choices, Mr. Prime Minister. We've got fucking Crew or Westminster. Which one do you want to make the prison? Uh, right, so I will say, Vegas is in Nevada Desert, and Nevada Desert is a fucking huge place, right? Yeah. Just put the prison cell, or put the giant prison in Nevada Desert and be like, Fuck you guys, you deserve this. Yeah, you, you basically do what they did in um, that shitty Zack Snyder zombie film we watched. I mean, they did. You just close it off. Yep. Cargo containers and shit. That has to be an easy. Frankly, just ship them to Alaska, anywhere else. Yeah. So, like, I feel like the US has enough, enough land mass that they could find somewhere that they're not, they're not making money from it as much. Like, again, the middle of the Nevada desert, or I don't know, like you said, Alaska. It's fine. But that, nope, we're going to use New York. Because we hate ourselves. And then yeah. in future, use LA, which I suppose makes some sense with the whole fucking Amish community that the US has become, but 
Still, lads, come on. Where do you uh, yeah. pick in this country? If you had to pick a place. What, in the UK? Yeah, yeah. Has to, has to be on mainland. If you section it off, wow. anyone in that place is immediately a criminal, and we ship criminals there. So it makes sense to either be Manchester <laughs> or Liverpool. I think I still think Blackpool, the Vegas of this country. No, right. So I, I've got a problem with that because Blackpool, there's lots of old people too. Not everyone there is a criminal. I consider it fucking euthanasia. Those old people, they live in Blackpool. It's a mercy what they what we'd be doing to them. I mean, I'd yes. offer them like any resident in Blackpool. You know, I'm not saying you have to stay there. We can just shoot you on site. Give me that fucking offer. To be fair, they'd probably do that in Blackpool now. Um, but no. Plus, where would we ever be, be able to light up our Blackpool illuminations, you know what I mean? Joe, have you ever gone to that? No. Right, for I, know any- it's shit. I, I, I was thinking of using this with Brandon whenever we did the next Tremors shit, uh-huh. just to, to do the quiz. Obviously, you know it. Um, it's, it's, it's awful. Basically, it's a load of coloured lights that people pay to look at. Yeah. That's fucking it. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. You know what? On top of fucking any criminal goes to Blackpool, anyone who decides to holiday to Blackpool also stays in fucking Blackpool. That's yeah. their punishment for voluntarily uh, going into the place. I, I, I enjoy the Blackpool illuminations because people pay hundreds of dollars, oh, sorry, hundreds of pounds to go see a D list celebrity hit a plunger and then fuck off. That's it. See a load of coloured lights and then fuck You know, while we're at it, I'll just make a catapult in, like, Western Superman. Anyone who goes there also just gets fucking flown to Blackpool immediately. I think I've been, I think I've been to Western Superman, so I'll, I'll fight you on that one. I went when I was I've about never... seven, I think, with the school, because it was a Christian oh, yeah. school, then, I don't know, they wanted to torture us. They wanted yeah, to show but, us hell. To be fair, that's about the same for me. I don't think I've ever been to Blackpool, though. But yeah, sorry, back to the Americas. <laughs> so yeah, the the scale of this uh, film, obviously we got the model New York to look at for this built-up. The actual scale's quite impressive for a film mm-hmm. with just a budget of six million. We've got this giant fucking concrete wall. We've got people running around looking like uh, SWAT teams, like sci-fi SWAT teams, though, you know, with like the face masks and just the black armour and the uniform uh, movement. Yeah. It, it, it's got a gritty undertone to it, certainly outside as well, with the um, kind of Star Trooper-esque lettering. It, it's quite fun. Uh, and some poor fuckers, some paddlers are like shot in the water by missile fire <laughs> as they try to paddle. I think they were paddling back, but, you know, it's American cops and unlucky, I guess. And li- Yeah, Liberty Island Security Control. That's our uh, mainstay for the sub-characters. She gets to see a Statue of Liberty, but otherwise most of the landmarks are kept in the dark, uh, so to speak, through the rest of this film, just because they can't fucking afford to shoot there, and I don't blame them, frankly. Yeah. I, I don't think there are any... I don't know if that library is a particular landmark that they use, but I know a lot of this was shot over California. So, clearly they, they had to move around anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I don't... Uh, well, again, I don't live in the US so I can't really say yes or no but it's the, the that library looked fancy enough that it possibly could be a landmark but it could also be just someone's god it's a library it's fairly non distinct 
Yeah, there's nothing massive about it. Uh, and we get introduced to Snake. Snake Pluskin doing his yep. uh, best, a pretty damn good Clint Eastwood impression. A man who does not give two fucks about anything through the films. Yeah. He doesn't care for people. He doesn't care for the country. He doesn't care for the state of the world. Causes nuclear arm, nearly causes nuclear Armageddon once. And in the second film, he causes a complete blackout. Her skin is mm-hmm. a badass. Yeah. Oh, I love him. But this is I what mean, I want Mad Max to be. Yeah, I mean, we'll get there, but I have thoughts on both of those. <laughs> but This is 100% what I want Mad Max to be, someone who just clearly doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's just yeah. done with the world, is willing to shoot his way out. And I'm not, to be fair, I'm not quite sure why the fuck he cares if he leaves LA or New York. I suppose that's why they have to uh, disease him and bomb him up, which we'll talk about that fucking stupid shit in the second film in a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why that he, he still continues to be with this. Yeah, I suppose it is just, yeah, just the bomb. But yeah, he's, he's taken through termination. And cremation premises on the uh, fucking Liberty Island, shown all the guards and shit processed through to be sent off. Uh, looking all badass as he does so, he's got his scowl, he's got his eye patch, he's got his leather jacket, he's got his cigarettes, he's got his. Yeah, I was go- I was gonna say he doesn't change his clothes very often because <laughs> fifteen this... years. <laughs> yeah, in fifteen years he's wearing the same coat, the same like tank top vest. And the same, like, snow camo trousers and boots. Snake Pluskin doesn't need links. Snake Pluskin sweat smells like Axe body spray. <laughs> but yeah, um, I-, I will say his intimidating walk that he takes... That's funny it, as shit. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious because you have to see about two minutes of it. <laughs> and after, like, ten seconds, it's like, okay, this is going on a bit long now. <laughs> I think it's fucking funny when, like, later in the film, you just see him sitting around, not knowing what to do. But he does it in a cool way. Yeah. I I think it's more in the second one. He's got, like, ten hours left to live. Sorry, he's got, like, two hours left to live, and he's like, I'm just going to take a seat. (laughs) (laughs) Time waits for me, motherfuckers. He's that cool. Time subverts itself for Bliskin. It, uh, It makes sure it ticks down to that last second at the last second. It is ready. Oh yeah, he, he processed through. Then it just kind of fades to black and shows in uh, Lee Van Cleef, who, I mean, rest in peace, died at, I think, 64. Uh, he had a, a... I know he had a pacer installed at some point when he was about yeah, 50. I, I, watched, I watched this first one with my dad in the room, and as soon as uh, Lee Van Cleef turned up on the screen, he was like, is he still alive? I was like, no. Well, oh, when did he die? So I had to look that up. But, uh, and it was like 89, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's been dead for years. Yeah. Um, but the fact that my dad still thinks he's alive is genius. Well, to be fair, one of them is. Oh, yeah. I know one of them is. Of the good, the bad, the ugly fame. Um, and the other, the two I know, I can't remember when Sergio Leone died. I'm sure it was a while ago. I know he is dead. Uh, but Enrico. Um, Marone, who did all the music, he died like a year ago, two years ago. And, uh, oh, the guy played Tuco. Fuck. 
can't remember his name at all in Magnificent Seven as well. He was the best part of it as well. Fucking Oscar-worthy stuff. His name will come to me. He died only a couple of years ago as well. At like 104. He was old as shit. By the time he went, he, he looked like a raisin that had been sitting in the sun far too fucking long <laughs> by the end of it. Great fucking story. When he was about 100, apparently his uh, his kids sent a hooker to his house. Oh, and nice. uh, Hooker knocked on the door, said, are you the birthday boy? He went, yes, I'm here to give you super sex. And he said, I'll take the soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to I wanna live to that. That's my goal in life, to just not give a fuck about sex of any scale. For soup to be a better fucking option. If only the world be a better place. Yeah, uh, Lee Van Cleef coming in, who does actually look quite old, to be fair. He looks 60-ish, yeah. balding off. Still looks like a badass. Yeah. Still taking it on. Great, like, gravelly voice to the whole of it. And at the end, I was so... It's such a shame. They, like, tease that him and um, Snake are going to go around and do shit, or at least he's going to be commanding Snake. I really yeah. I would have fucking loved to see that. Thanks. Yeah, like a Rambo situation where they just said, instead of it being Rambo, obviously they send Snake. Hmm. That would have been cool. Frankly, you just like follow along the Metal Gear, half the Metal Gear fucking films. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much where the Metal Gear games pick up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he finds out uh, Air Force One crashing into New York. After like looking it up, apparently Air Force One is just like, the code name for President yeah. on board. Yeah, the... the, the... The code for the, the the aircraft was like David 14, and everyone's like, why call it David? We're confused. And then they like, decoded it's Air Force One, and we're like, I don't quite. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm presuming, like, if, if someone phoned up the White House, it wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, we'll find out what that is. I'd assume they'd know immediately, like, oh, yeah, that's the president. Yeah. That's, that's who that fucking is. No, I'm going to have to check for our database. We live off to the side yeah. in the folder, in the file. Give me a moment. And the uh, the British president, sorry, the American president, with a British mm-hmm. accent, desperately trying to do an American accent, gets into an egg. Yeah, he gets into a giant <laughs> red egg. Uh, He'd be he gets... fucked. <laughs> he would yeah, be he so gets... dead. As the plane is falling out of the sky, he gets shot from the aircraft into the ground, and apparently he's fine. Hatches like a fucking Pokemon. Yep. Ready and able. He can't do an American accent to save his life. Bless Pleasance. No. Also dead, but yeah. I think he actually reverts to British on the uh, the scene at the end, when I was listening to it when he shoots Isaac Hayes out. He, <laughs> he just falls into it when he's screaming. It looks like he's having fun, though, so... Fuck it. If he wants to go for that. Uh, yeah, the crash scene as well. Quite interestingly done. Uh, obviously, six million budgets, so they can't blow up a fucking building or anything like that, and no real CGI that they can mess around with. So what they mm. end up doing is, uh, you see the plane kind of coming in closer and closer, or the camera at least coming in closer and closer to this uh, model set, or actual buildings, I'm not sure. Uh, and then it just cuts to uh, like a computer screen that shows the effects of it, where you see the plane kind of hitting into a building and then uh, things being burst out in like Atari graphics. Yeah, yeah. Not Atari. I'm not going to be mean. Like, Commodore graphics. <laughs> I'm not going to be mean. But... Which, it's a good way of doing it. It's still it's still got the impact yeah. on it. Cool. Yeah. It, can, it shows you exactly what's happening, so you can follow along. It's not like... And, it, and you don't have to do it for expensive, like, blowing up a fucking model. Yeah. I think that's a problem, as well, uh, that a lot of people have with the film, though. That I didn't, certainly, but when... 
when I push this film on people, obviously I say it's an action film set in New York, B-movie stuff. Yeah. And what they're expecting is like wall-to-wall shooting guns action, Jean-Claude Van Damme style. Just nothing but straight-up death, command, fucking commando, basically. And it really isn't. There's yeah. um, like four scenes of action in it. Four or five bits, like actual set pieces. Otherwise, it's pretty fucking sparse. Yeah. I will say, for a man that does, like, Snake Plissken is a man after my own heart, because he doesn't talk all that much. It's it's a very, you know exactly what's happening, and you can't, it's never like, oh, where did he go, or anything like that. It's always like, how can I explain? Um, You get a lot across, you show instead of telling us, basically, is what I'm trying to go at basically trying to say, I guess. But... Yeah, he, he speaks in Clint Eastwood. Yep. He speaks in, uh, I, I was going to say, like, fucking, what was it, I, Eyes moved in, I suppose, I, well, Eyes moved in just pumping over fucking eye patch because he has to be the edgelord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that is fucking hilarious. I did, I did enjoy that he was aiming the gun and, um, it was on the side of his eye patch, so he I don't know how he did actually do that. <laughs> Probably just see through. Yeah, and 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 so it's a I'm fairly sure it's like a Mac ten with a large silencer on it, and for some reason they put a like sniper rifle scope on the silencer. Yeah. That'd take your fucking <laughs> that'd take your eye out. Yeah. You try to aim anywhere close to that. Some of this shit. The uh the scopes on the pistols later on, that can't work well. Pretty fucking sure wills them as well. That it's, There's no way of is that fucking accurate. Yeah, I don't see why he dual wields them um, and has the sight. Because I'm sure on one of them it just doesn't matter. Because it looks cooler. <laughs> but, yeah. Badass. Drenching in it. Oh yeah, uh, Lee Van Cleef coming in to go rescue the president. He arrives by limo, by the way, which is... <laughs> great as well. Just, yeah. it's, it's a cartoon. This whole thing is just a cartoon. All the way through. Uh, it goes in with all the troops and some like... I, I, when I was watching it, I was watching it with my dad as well as it happens and he said this guy looked a bit like Willem Dafoe. I said he looked like Keith Lynn. I reckon it's kind of a mix of the two, just on crack. <laughs> what, whatever that fucking thing is. Um, I don't think he's ever named. Oh, you mean the vampire guy? Is that the vampire guy? Is this the guy that walks down the middle of the street? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. For some reason, I just thought, "Oh, that dude clearly thinks he's a vampire." Do you know what he's reminding me of now? That, is um, it that porn the, star? The gay guy. From, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. From yeah, mm-hmm. from because uh, that's the that's oh. the thing that I thought as well from um, Fright Night. Yeah, the uh, for anyone, yeah, the, I, th- I think we've mentioned this before at some point. Yeah, we absolutely have. But basically, go on IMDb, <laughs> look up the blonde best friend from the first Fright Night, the nineteen eighty five version, and. Um, what is it now? Fucking Sam. Oh, Sam Leather oh, or something? Yeah. I don't know his name, but he's in. After that film, after Fright Night, he's in basically gay porn up until the like 2000s. And then he's in a documentary about Fright Night. And then it's back to gay porn. And it's like Leather Daddies and shit. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's. Uh, Weird. Friday night for him was just like a sabbatical, basically. <laughs> that was his time off before he did like a fucking rusty venture on his equipment. 
<laughs> I don't want to make this sound like I'm, I'm having a go at him. Like, whatever gets you work. If that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing. I ain't going to fucking blame you on that. I mean, to be fair, we always have... We have... Uh, I, I feel like on this podcast, me and you always have a running gag of either bringing up Nick Cage, that guy, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what? what's another one? Oh, someone will probably tell us. That but, says a lot yeah. about us. Yeah, we've got a running lot. gags. Of, I'm not. Of I'm not going to think about that. Yeah, I'd rather not ponder on it at all. <laughs> <laughs> what that means, whatever fucked up psyche. Oh yeah, Lee Van Cleef's turned away by uh, the gay porn star. Yeah, basically the the gay porn star vampire daddy comes out, gives the president's finger and like I guess presidential ring. I don't, uh, whatever um and basically it's like if those helicopters aren't in the air after 30 seconds you that will fucking throw the president out of a building and um lee van cleef is like i'm sorry what tell me who you are i mean i, I assume if it's a prison I, I assume you've got a list of every dickhead with their face next to it but do you really think that the fucking police documentation is that good yeah i suppose if it's an entire city i'm sure they're just like you know what i don't care at this point just throw them in oh yeah fucking for some reason and i don't know why it is like any film with an apocalypse mad max i was watching um doomsday the other day the uh neil marshall one set Mm -hmm. in scotland where for some reason they go back to feudal society and have like armor and knights and shit after an apocalypse why uh, and there's a couple other films here and there. But they all like immediately revert to, we're going to have an arena, a death arena, where people attack, and everyone's going to be okay with that. And for some fucking reason, we're going to go back to like Billy Idol-level fashion, and everyone's going to change their name from normal shit to, like, Milky Chock. <laughs> don't know why I went with that. <laughs> I, don't, I think I've still got gay porn star on my mind. <laughs> Milky Chock. That's my prison name. That's my prison bitch name. <laughs> I know where I stand. If I was in Escape from New York, I know I'm a prison bitch. I'm, yeah, ta- I'm taking up the arse every good. night. We... Yeah. We could do that, actually. We could just duet. Milky and Chop. <laughs> yeah, I'm right with that. Yeah, you'll be Milky, I'll be Chop. Fuck. Yeah, um... That is what I'd have to fucking do. <laughs> I'm just thinking, could I... I couldn't join a gang. I'm not the fucking brain. So, uh, I've read Ozzy Osbourne's book like um like when he went to prison and all that and he was like right i i make funny uh, i make friends with the biggest guy in here i'm not funny enough for that shit i would absolutely be like hey dude do you want to fuck me in the ass <laughs> not the biggest guy there preferably not the biggest guy yeah. go for like the third biggest uh, I think. no i'll go f- i'll go for the dude that looks like he's on we don't just don't go for a black guy so don't you don't want your asshole being okay, like completely yeah. perforated? I'll go. I'll go for. I guess I'll go for a Chinese man or a dude that but looks like he's done roids. You want to be able to there sit you down. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I mean that. That'd be my. I mean, for some reason, something tells me um, podcasting doesn't have much of a sell. And I, I don't think we could just sit there like the two fucking muppets, the two critic muppets, and start berating theatre acts. To be fair, we might be okay. They they might have a podcast from prison, or or uh, they n- might need two dickheads to do announcing on like the local 
but or the usual sports program or whatever the fuck goes on there. We could do that. We wouldn't be fucking talking about sports because let's face it, it's us. But got baseball playing a few days. Oh, well, shit! Right, Lee Van Cleef pisses off. Yeah, that yep. we get, we do the fucking <laughs> announcements and then go off on some fucking tangent <laughs> and then be shot midway through. <laughs> and he takes the ball to Johnny, and he takes the ball. Over to, oh, what the fuck? Is that a fucking bird? That's a blue bird. Oh, blue jet. Yeah. That would be the end of fucking us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he has to head off. And so the next best option, rather than you know sending a SWAT team to the the head of the World Trade Center, is to send Snake in. Because this is the 80s. And in the 80s, one buff man with a few guns is better than an army. And that's a fucking fact. So you may wants... want... Yeah, I was going to say, you may need... want to cut this next bit out. But at least one person landed on the uh, World Trade Center. <laughs> yeah, you can cut that one. That's a mistake. I'm editing this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know the funny thing? Thinking about it. Yeah. If this actually happened, Manhattan was like a uh, a prison. Prison island. Nine eleven wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Blow up a load of prisoners, no, fuck that. Or I mean it'd be like fucking I, I don't know, it'd be like nine eleven, they crashed into the Twin Towers, who fucking cares? It's a load of prisoners. Yeah. Or that's that's a shame, that's awful. They crash into Congress. Eh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah, uh Snake uh, Snake is sent in and equipped Injected with a bomb to go off. Was it like a twenty-four hour dissolve in his neck? This I'm all right with, to be honest. Like a twenty-four hour because there's an actual timer that they give as well. Like the president has to be there in twenty-four hours. Um, so having, I think what they call it in script writing is a ticking clock. In this case, you know, fucking literal. Uh, twenty-four hour, twenty-two hour, pretty much when he gets in there properly, and then like eighteen when he gets down fifty floors because he's a fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's some great back and forth. Like I think at some point Lee Van Cleef says, "Oh, they've captured the president," and then he responds with "President of what?" Which is fucking funny. And they they go on about nuclear fusion, but Snake doesn't care about any of this. Also, quite funny that Snake dooms the world at the end of the film to not have nuclear fusion. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're under attack. Uh, oh, wait. No, that's the second one, never mind. But yeah, just... The fact that Snake is actively trying to piss everyone off is amazing. <laughs> mm. And somehow gets away with it. Because he's an 80s action hero. He's yeah. so 80s and so action hero. He can push this shit onwards. But I think that they push it a bit further, and it's a shame in the second film that he, he doesn't get away with more of it. I think he should have been able to just shoot and kill someone. <laughs> Just in the place because that'd be great. Yeah. Um, Fair. We'll get I there mean, when we we'll, get there, but that's yeah. stupid. Some of the stuff they try to pull. Yeah, given a shitload of amazing guns, revolvers, uh, a tracking beacon that has a safety catch that only Snake knows about. A safety catch that only he can access. Bullshit. He pulled up the pin and there was a massive red button on it. Anyone yeah. could push that. What clearly looks like a, a liftable eagle's face. With like a very small safety pin in it, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, only Snake knew that was there." Only Snake knows how to put the round peg into the round hole. <laughs> That's why we have him on this mission. The present's yep. only hope. Uh, given a glider and all that shit, 
and yeah, flies onto the World Trade Center and walks all the way down, going through. I love right. as well how he doesn't fucking contact them during like walking down. He he only decides I, 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 I'm going to when the elevator doesn't work. From what I remember, it's he can catch a lift down to the fifteenth floor, and then he has to walk from there. But if that's the case, why couldn't he just take it down another fourteen floors? Apparently, the uh, SWAT teams know exactly how much of it's broken. I, yeah. I presume maybe like they sent other people in before that that have an understanding of where where they could get to before. Like there's some SWAT teams that sent in before to do other shit. Which, to be fair, begs the question again: Why didn't they just send in SWAT teams? To be fair, they do talk about that. The the dude, uh, not Van Cleef, the other guy. What I feel like the problem is like they say that they're going to kill the president with all this shit because of the helicopters and everything. Yeah. Just dress them uh, up. Yeah. So they spe- it, like they specifically say that the World Trade Center is how they get some of their like members into the city without the others knowing. But again, why didn't they just do that? Yeah, just dra- <laughs> dress them up like snake. Although. I guess in the second one they kind of do do that, and then they're like, oh, nah, they're all dead because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Only Snake can do this. Uh, okay. How emasculated would you feel if like, an entire squadron of the best of the best was beaten by some random prick with an eye patch? Yeah, I'd be very... If I was a member of that team, I would be very pissed. <laughs> We're putting you on standby. We're having the cripple go in first. Yeah. This guy with one eye and has done a lot of heinous bullshit. We're going to give him an excuse to get out of prison. So, um... He's our last and only hope. Sorry, SEAL Team 6. You're <laughs> shit. <laughs> Coming down, um... I think something needs to be said. It's... From what I gathered, looking at some interviews and looking at the shots themselves and some just guesswork on my part, a lot of the shots in this are very wide and they're very long. There aren't actually that many changes, especially when he's in the street. There's some back and forth when they're talking and when they're in some more intimate rooms here and there, but when it's on the outside locations, it tends to be quite all-encompassing of the streets around. From what I gather, that's because they just didn't have the time to shoot for long, so they couldn't change camera angles, and which gets uh, an effect where you can kind of see the entirety of the city and down entire blocks constantly, like deserted areas, and yeah. just, just works like better than they could have done if they were shooting near him constantly and doing this and that and moving around. You get this feeling of an eerie, like, dead city. Um, I, 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 right, so I do want to say this, this film is supposed to be in the far-flung future of 1988. Hmm. Um... And they've got some really cool, like, miniature tracking devices. They've got, like, uh, like you know, really cool stuff. And their mobile telephones are basically a briefcase that they hold up to their face. I know, I, I again, I know this, again, this is the 80s. But, like, they've got miniature tracking devices but he has to pull out a walkie-talkie that's the size of, like, my arm. And it was written during Watergate. So that's uh, mm. nineteen seven. I think, 74. I'm going to have to look that up. Probably go through. So, telephones were that big, to be fair. Oh, yeah. 
I know, again, I know, but you've again they've got miniature versions of stuff like a tracker, or we've got like, I guess it. I guess it's just a wristwatch that counts twenty four hours and only does twenty four hours. But <laughs> be fucking awkward uh, to microwave shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. They've got all this high-class technology, and they're like, yeah, we're going to use a briefcase as a telephone. You know what? It's better than the hologram shit. I prefer it to the massive sci-fi wankery in the yeah, second film. Then, yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll take uh, massive walkie-talkie shit through yeah. this. I'll live with that. Um, yeah, get for this. First seven of people, you constantly see people kind of running in and out of camera, at least for the first 30 or 40-ish minutes. It gets a lot more intimate after that. But for a while, and you get these synth soundtracks. I, I think I've fallen in love with like a synth soundtrack from the eighties. They they've kind of come back in a weird way as well, actually, with the uh, modern films. In in some of them, I I can't name anything off. Well, no, actually, I can. Shit like Sensor, some of these like underground uh, art house horror stuff, especially from A two four synth soundtracks, just drenched all over them for like stuff. Same for like Drive. I know, kind of went a bit synthy. Uh, God only knows. Weirdly, two Ryan Gosling films. This noir, uh, noir action kind of capers, mm. and obviously Blade Runner twenty forty nine had a synth overlay to it. Uh, yeah, they they have a real strange kind of feel to them. But I really love the uh, the sound. They're still on this sort of stuff, especially in action. It just it just works great. The lighting as well. It it looks natural pretty much right. There's no evidence of studio lighting. There's no real obvious uh, and ridiculous street lamps at any point. It's all done with these kind of fires, mostly. I will I will say he spends 22 hours in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. I never saw the sun. I think he was knocked unconscious for it, technically. That's what, how they get around it. After he shot. And they knock him out, and then he miraculously gets up to beat up oh, uh, yeah. a Hungarian mongoloid. Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah okay. That's fair. All right, I'll let you off. And he yeah goes off, finds the pole. Well, goes to find the poles. Uh, <laughs> the entertainment. You see the entertainment the prisoners have, which is basically a a mocking of New York Broadway theater singing. Um, you, you know what? I, I will. I will go milk and chalky because I ain't gonna do this shit. My prison life. <laughs> that, that fucking Milk and Chalky has more dignity to it than waltz dancing on stage for people. Yeah. For um, to the amusement of pretty much nobody except oh, what's his fucking name? Who plays Cabby in this? Uh, I know it's Ernest something. Ernest Bergine, I think. Oh, I have no idea. I've seen him in other stuff. And I recognise his face. I've just never like found out what his name is. He's hard, he's really hard not to recognise. Yeah, he's he's so obvious. There's someone in the second film as well. So this Indian guy, I think it's called Shelley something. Um, in Bruce Campbell's uh surgeon room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's so rec- he's got a beauty mark like just below his eye. Yeah, he's in everything. <laughs> I swear to God, he's like fucking Udo Creer. <laughs> pops up, bastard pops up everywhere. Uh, yeah, I think he does a good. I, he's been lambasted, uh, Ernest, in this film. I've seen a lot of angst against his character. I, I quite liked him, but he played the enthusiastic kind of 
not comedy relief, but buddy quite well. Yeah. There's a more annoying version of that in the second one, but we're, again, we'll get to it. But Because the second film is just the first film redone. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, Cabby... I, I, I don't... I don't hate Cabby, who is alright. Like, he... Honestly, he doesn't show up all that much. Much to the benefit of the film. Yeah. If it had shown Literally, up more, he... I'd have hated him. Yeah. Cabby shows up for like 10 seconds now, about 20 seconds again later, and about a minute towards the end of the film, and that's it. It's like a minute and a half of him like having screen time. Yeah, uh, but... that's how you do comedy relief. Yeah. You, you have um, fat guy come in occasionally. I think he's just a New York cabbie, by the way, yeah. who, who stayed in New York, refused to leave. Oh, right, okay. I, I, he said he's been driving cabs for 30 years. Or I don't know, maybe they found out he raped 30 kids and kept in there. I don't fucking know yeah. what the backstory is of this guy. I like to think that all he did was say, no, I'm not going to leave my cab. I'm going to give him the to benefit be fair, of the doubt here. He did have Molotov cocktails in the front of his <laughs> cab, so uh, maybe he was just an arsonist. That would have been pretty great. Like he's driving around <laughs> Snake's friends with this guy. He's like warmed up to him. And then as he's driving around the bridge. Oh, there's the orphanage, Snake. I can tell you around all of New York and show you all the places. There's the orphanage that threw the Molotov in and killed all those kids. <laughs> yep. But down this building, that one, you know. Now can you help me get out? I used to have them in the back of my cab, Snake. I used to set them on fire and watch them die. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the Perspex glass is gone. She just strike me as someone who's a little deranged. Thinking about yeah. this something wrong with him. Somewhere. To be fair, when you're that... Oh, also, I, I just want to ask, why is Snake, like, uber-famous? I like the fact that they never tell you. And they've also got this, like, running joke where they say, I thought you were dead. Constantly. Yeah. And no one ever <laughs> um, talks about it. Yeah. Go into it. No, it's, it's never like, I thought you were dead after you went into that Afghani fucking mission or Vietnam mission, whatever. During the mm. Cold War, or I thought you're dead because you slipped on your shower curtain and broke your neck. Who fucking knows? But yeah, it's left just in the air that he's this badass that no one knows anything about. Yeah. And everyone's it, not scared it, of, actually. They're just in awe. Yeah, really. it's it's like an uber badass, famous, but also unmis- unknown mystery kind of guy. And it's like, what? Because uh, as far as I know, or as far as we, like, as an audience know, he was like a Delta Squad person and fucking this super fucking high-leveled special ops guy. He left, apparently rubbed the treasury, and that's why he's caught in this one. That's what he gets, like, arrested for. Um, And everyone's just like, Oh, yeah, you're Snake Bliskin. I don't know why we'd know this highly classified Delta agent, but weren't you dead? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he, he... I don't know if it was like, yeah, I'm going to take a camera to every one of my missions. Is that okay? And just records it like jackass. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this is what I'm doing here today. I'm just going to kill these guys and, you know, go home. This is a man who puts on an eye patch for vanity's sake. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a true. fair possibility. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, goes through with the cabbie, goes underground, kicks the shit out some homeless people, 
finds the homeless king who's got the president's tracker on him and he breaks it and then neglects to call Lee Van Cleef yeah. for a good 10 yeah. seconds. He breaks it and he's like, <laughs> well, everyone panics. They're like, oh my God, they've thrown the president out of the, that window that they said they were going to do. We're fucked. And then he just nonchalantly goes like, yeah, no, never mind. That was, it was just a homeless guy. We, I fucking snapped the bracelet. It's fine. You'd do that 100%. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of the dick moves that, like, the biggest dick moves that you could possibly do. Like, hey, we've sent you in to rescue this guy. Oh, he's dead. Oh, <laughs> nah, he's fine. He's fucking fine. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's not even that, it's because he just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't yeah. want to call them yet. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so great. Uh, it says he wants to get out. I love this part, actually. He says, like, I want to get out now. Because he's dead. The tracker's yeah. gone, and they say, "No, you got eight hours. Go fucking find yeah. him." And then he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> he, just, yeah. he just goes, "Oh fuck." Yeah, I, I guess that was like, "Oh well, first option didn't work. I come get me, guys." And everyone's like, "No, it's not. We sent you in there to get the guy or confirm he's dead. Don't just assume shit." And he's like, "Oh fuck." And then he I just goes, sit sits down. on a chair. Yeah. <laughs> He goes, I don't know what to do. Eh? <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, and then he sees some dude fucking tapping going down the street. For some reason, he's like tapping all fucking light. Lamp. I was trying to work out whether that was like a street warning lamp. to the people in the city to say fucking weirdos coming out from underground, or whether that was a... Um... Calling the windows. Yeah, calling the weirdos in. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna hedge on the latter because I just can't imagine anyone nice enough to warn people. Yeah, I don't think anyone in that world gives a shit about anyone else to be like, "Hey, here's a warning." I think that was literally just like, "No, no, you guys come out and eat now." The undergrounders themselves, actually, I completely <clears throat> forgot. So did the film. To be fair, the film forgot that Snake like bumps into his love interest, who dies immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, it seems for a dude that's highly awesome and, uh, you know, just, I guess he has an awesome name like Snake Bliskin, but they cockblock him a lot. Snake's like the Fonz. Snake's too cool for the ladies. Yeah. So in this one, um, he kind of gets into a cafe, like a cafe sort of thing, and... There's a woman already in there, just basically she's like, hey, shut the fuck up, because these guys, I guess they move by sound or something. Yeah, I don't know what she was saying, that like they won't hear us. They're going to go yeah. into the building, love. Yeah, I don't know if they've got no eyes or fucking something. I think they maybe do. They can... I think she's just an idiot. Maybe they can give one of their no eyes to fucking Snake. But um... Snake, Snake's just fucking mocking them now with that eye patch. Yeah. Ableist so, prick. They're basically. She's basically like, "Hey, Snake, we're gonna be here for a while. Let's get jiggy." The colla- the the floor collapses literally right underneath her, and she gets dragged into it by like these underground dwellers. And then the Nesha turns up again. The chads. Yeah, the chads. <laughs> <laughs> um. But the chad. But yeah. the chad. But um. And then literally. She's gone, Snake doesn't even look back, he just runs 
just starts mowing people down. This is where he shoots out a wall and busts through it, and then his eye patch flips up. Probably the most action in the film, actually. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Basically, it's like a extended, like, chase scene where Snake's just trying to escape, like, a horde of these fucknuts. And then Cabby being Cabby turns up in his obviously yellow cab with reinforced windows and molotovs in his passenger seat. Oh, uh, I thought it was Steve Buscemi in a in a hot rod. Oh no, that's the second film. That's exactly the same as the first film. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. getting ahead of yeah. myself. No, yep, yep. Exactly the same. Yeah, so Cabby turns up, throws a molotov at these fuck nuts. That, for some reason, stops them. Um, and yeah, just takes Snake uh, takes him to a dude called Brain. Brain uh, played. Oh fuck! I think it's Harvey something. They say. I can't remember the name. But it begins with the H. When uh, Snake talks to him to start off with. Again, I don't get why. For some reason, in the apocalypse, they all go. We need to come up with cool nicknames. Just pick your yeah. fucking name. Yeah. Pick mm-hmm. a new name. If you if you hate your own, you can you can give her for an edgy fucking cool boy like Logan. Or some yeah. shit, you don't you like need to do this shit. I, I guess he's supposed to be one of the smartest people in the city, but I'm sure if he was, he wouldn't have stood on a landmine a bit later. But yeah, whatever. For some reason, when I go to my fucking LARP club and call myself Ogre on the fucking Ogre, I'm lame as shit. But when these fuckers <laughs> do it, yeah, it's suddenly fine. Cool. Yeah, because everyone's got stupid nicknames in jail. Uh, the oh yeah, uh, shit! Before we do carry on, uh, we get the awful music as well from the cabbie. I don't want to say awful; it's just like generic elevator music, like yeah. trap shit. To be fair, which, yeah. which he, comes up. He keeps like uh, tapes in his like, I guess glove box, and they're all just like elevator music or like generic soundtracks for stuff. Pretty much, but, yeah, yeah. It just all sound awful. Yeah, it's typical fucking New York gone completely to share the cabs still work so yeah uh the cabbie takes snake to uh this dude that he calls brain um a woman opens up she is a shit actress i have to say of everyone everyone does a great job except her i don't know i've seen her in other stuff i just can't remember what and that says a lot is that because she's a woman no, it's just because A, I've got a really shit memory, and B, she just wasn't great. See, that's dog fucker politics there, Steph. I made you deny it, and now anyone's gonna think <laughs> you have to deny it. If you had to deny it, there must be some truth to it. <laughs> yeah, I hate women. That's less dog fucker politics. That's just yeah, lamb. That, I'm just yeah, lambasting I'm just, yourself. Yeah, I'm just fucking. I'm turning into the skid. It's fine. Yeah, um, Maggie, yeah. I think her name was. Who's just yeah. like handed to Brain like a sex slave? <laughs> yeah, by who? <laughs> by the Duke, I'm presuming. Uh, yeah. The Duke, the Duke. Because I I didn't understand their relationship. Obviously, it, towards the end, it's like she clearly liked Brain in some capacity. I don't understand why. Part of but... me thinks that's John Carpenter covering his own ass, because mm. to say that this world had sex slaves that were just yeah. handed off to yeah. random people. 
which I think is honestly a better way of doing it. I think if she fucking hated the brain, still fought for him, still like had his back, and then when he died, she was happy and ran away. I think that's a yeah. better characterization for me personally. It's, mm-hmm. it's more depressing, um, but it it kind of adds to this weird prison world, which isn't really delved into otherwise. Rightly so, because there's only a limited amount of time. But I think it would have really added to that, just that short kind of characterization of, oh yeah, the uh, the brain, fucking freak. Um, yeah, they, they come with a plan to get out. So, brain comes up with a plan and tells Snake that they can go to the Duke's place and, like, the brain can fucking convince the Duke or, or distract the Duke while Snake goes in and rubs the train and the president and the briefcase that he's got which for some reason has a cassette tape detailing the highly secretive um plans for like nuclear reactors or some it's some bullshit that because this is the 80s they didn't copy it yeah again Um, it sounds like criticism it really isn't i love it it's cheesy as shit um so yeah, Duke. Uh, so yeah, so uh, Brain goes up to distract the guards. Snake goes in, kills two people, grabs the president, grabs his briefcase, and as he's walking away, uh, gay vampire jumps out from behind the train and like captures Snake with Isaac motherfucking Hayes pushing yep. in the uh, the arrow. Yeah, Duke. Uh... Oh, sorry. Uh, Snake is shot. While rescuing, yeah, he's shot with an arrow in the leg while rescuing the president because the president's that, a yeah, wanker that, who just yeah. looks at him throughout the entire. The president is fucking useless through this. I mean, to be fair, yeah, yeah. So the president obviously is a bit shit. Snake gets shot, gets off, uh, starts bringing the president away to try and put him in the car and drive off. Um, gay vampire jumps out. Like chokehold snake captures him, and then he's kind of held against a train, and Duke kind of just presses, like just pushes against the arrow to kind of try and torture snake into giving him information. Brain, being, I guess he's supposed to be this sleazy douchebag, like intelligent guy that tries to manipulate everyone, tells. Duke, why Snake's there, and had that Snake had him at gunpoint and all that shit. And then this is where Snake gets knocked out, and he wakes up. Where does he wake up? It's he's not tied to anything, right? He's just got two people standing next to him. Yeah, I mean, he basically, I can't remember if he wakes up in the arena or if he's just taken oh, out like immediately. No, yeah. So basically, I remember now. He basically wakes up on like a slab. Like a cold slab of like concrete, with like three people around him aiming guns at his unconscious body. That's got to be and a miserable job. They've stripped him of his t-shirt so they can see the painted-on snake that he's got on his stomach. That goes down to his dick. I yeah. want to point out he goes yeah. and a hundred percent. This is the type of guy <clears throat> to tattoo his own penis to look like a snake man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So. He wakes up on this slab, wakes up limping, obviously, because they've 
someone's found like gave him the common courtesy of like tying his bloody leg off. Um, he gets pushed around. He gets pushed into like this basically WWE wrestling ring, but the ropes are made out of like um, grills from car ven- uh, car front vendors. Uh, vendors. Which seems a bit much. Yeah. To be honest, I'm sure there was a WWE arena somewhere in uh, New York. There's got to be one somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arena. Probably like. Uh... In Manhattan. Mm. Fucking somewhere. Yeah, he, he fights what basically is just like a fucking um, Mongolian warlord sitting there. He's got the, the must of great fucking mustache. Has to be said. Yeah. The facial hair on this guy, killer game. And the chest hair on this guy, also killer. Up there, yeah. he is a he is a furry for the winter. Ready for <laughs> fucking hibernation. This bear sitting there. And they they go at each other. I've got to give it to them. Like fairly to some extent. They're given baseball bats. Both of them are given baseball bats. In most of yeah. these films, it's usually only the one. And when those baseball bats are taken, they're both given now baseball bats, which seems like a mistake to me. Yeah. But what and do I know? Indeed. They're given a dustbin lid, a dustbin lid as a shield, and they're given nailed baseball bats. Have you ever seen Battle Royale? Yeah, I'd want that situation like a deal or no deal thing, like twenty six boxes. You have to yeah. pick. Do you, do you exchange your box? Do you take the weapon box? I'd love yeah. to see that kind of thing. One, one's one's got a grenade launcher in. The other one's got like a a plastic spork. That's a hundred percent. <laughs> that's the British version of this, though. Like in America, they just go into it. it's gritty, it's violent. With us, too much bureaucracy. Do you keep? Are you happy with your weapon? Are you sticking with it? Good, because they're getting a rocket launcher. But yeah, he does kill him. I, I, there's a bit kind of with brain as well. Um, partway through this, but go over the the big guy first. Just bashes his fucking head in, nails him. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, basically like. Knocks him to one side, puts the nailed baseball bat through the back of his skull, and it he he's left standing in the ring for about ten minutes, or, or I assume is ten minutes. It's probably not that long, but he's left standing in the ring, and um, during all this, do uh, sorry, uh, brain is breaking in because Brains figured out that Snake had la- had to have landed on top of the World Trade Center. Um, so his pl- do- uh, sorry, Brains' plan is to go steal the plane so him and Maggie could fly out of there with whatever the president wants and the president so he can get Snake's deal. Um, with killing the crack gremlin and everything, take the president. Yeah. Going for uh, the sugar glider. Not the yeah. sugar glider, what am I saying? The fucking glider, it's not a squirrel. Brain Brain convinces a gay vampire that the president has like a cyanide capsule that uh, he's going to take at some point if he can't make it out of there in a certain amount of time. Um, brain sneaks in, uses that as cover, stabs gay vampire, Maggie shoots like three people. Um, and that kind of sets Duke off, and Duke's like, "Oh right, shit, brain stealing the president," and then everyone leaves, leaving Snake in the center of the ring, like 
oh, okay, I guess I'm free to go. And somehow <laughs> Snake makes it to the uh, World Trade Center before anyone else. Yeah, he makes it there as Brain and the President and Maggie are just getting there. The Duke's guys are already there trying to like cut off, like cut the rope that's holding the glider onto the roof. I don't know if that was the Duke's guys. I think that was just some random fucktards. Oh, right. We're running around that for some reason decided, yes, yeah, sod it, we're going to destroy this plane. Oh, right, okay. I mean, that idiots. Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. The um, glider goes gliding. Yeah, the CGI glider comes flying down to the ground, all that. And, and then uh, just over the bridge they go. They go down, oh. meet the cabbie, see the duke, she's none too happy. No rhyme yeah. intent. No rhyme fucking intended there. Uh, shoot some smoke out. Yeah. So and go uh, off in the back. Rhyme yeah, Duke, fully intended. Duke, Duke standing in front of this like mechanized like bolt thrower thing that he's got. Um, there's someone hiding in the back of the car that Snake and everyone had just drove. Sorry, Brain had just drove. Uh, he looks into the boot or uh, yeah into the boot um the dude like sticks a gun out like yeah you best not go anywhere everyone kind of surrenders snake being snake and awesome he fires at this bolt thrower that for some reason has like i assume it shoots compressed air or something but um that goes off distracts duke and then uh chase happens where cabby shows up snake starts driving i like the chase i like the bombs going off the scale of it is nice Mm -hmm. Um, if they could use the queen's bridge because i know uh the bridge at at manhattan is much bigger than that Mm -hmm. it's got it's got two i'm pretty sure it's got two lanes um on either side like five lanes on either side it's fucking gigantic yeah, yeah. Uh, the only reference I've got is like from GTA and stuff where they've they've shoved in something vaguely like that. But it's Golden Gate level stuff, and it'd be nice if they could have done that multiple layers, all that kind of stuff. Bombs all around it. But from what thought we got, we got um, a load of mines going off randomly, some explosions, which is always fun, and yeah. uh, deaths, actual deaths. <laughs> yeah. So right. Um... Apparently there's like a couple of uh, apparently there's supposed to be like three or four mines on this bridge. About ten go off. And Brain is supposed to be the person that's keeping track of like where every mine is. And um, he kind of is directing Snake where to drive. Uh, Snake doesn't hear one of his commands drives over a mine um the the cab is split in half for some reason instead of killing everyone in it and blowing it to pieces it just splits in half snake's fine brain and maggie are fine um cabby yeah they check on cabby and cabby's dead look at my notes i watched this last night and did all the notes then uh cabby i've just got her frowning face brain i've got her Meh face and Maggie, I've got a happy face. Yeah. Um, 
That's so, not indicative to their states of being, by the way. That's indicative yeah. to how sad I felt after they fucking died. <laughs> Cabby, Cabby dies shortly after. Uh, they basically start running on foot because Duke's coming up fairly quickly. Um, again, Brain is going left, run to the left. No one listens. They all run to the right. They're fine. He runs to the left. He explodes. Very quick tension. Um, you ever heard the origin of the word moron? Something uh-huh. it works on Brain's case. So there's really there's there's this thing called the Gotta Society who came up yeah. apparently came up with the word moron. The etymology of it and all that. A moron is a slang for sneaky idiot. So basically, <laughs> it's someone who you meet who seems normal, but then later down the line you find out, oh fuck, they're a moron. Yeah. Which a brain is hundred percent. He's a moron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. He's a smart guy. Smart. Guy. Oh no, shit. He's an idiot. Maggie is upset for some reason again. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I Maggie's just... upset of seeing Brain dead. Brain, Brain dead. Brains, <laughs> brain yeah. splattered. Yeah. Um, um, I'll carry on. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of any other pun I can come up with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, brain, oh, right. brain dead's probably not going to be beat. Yeah, I mean, you're going to wait because this is going to look worse and worse. And <laughs> it comes down. Um, yeah, Maggie, Maggie kind of runs over and she's got tears in her eyes because, I mean, who wouldn't be about uh, uh, upset about their sex dominatrix to being dead? Um, she fires her. Six shot revolver like twelve times into the Duke's car from like what a mile away. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not listening to any of this. I'm still trying to come up with something. <laughs> <Still>. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, Desperately, I've got to go with something. Uh, oh, she just stands there, shooting, <laughs> um, and then instead of getting out of the way of. Duke's car and possibly killing her, uh, killing Duke herself. She just lets herself get hit between, like, sandwiched between Duke's car and, like, some random, like, junker that's left on the bridge. Uh, so she's dead. Yay for that. Snake, obviously, he's sent there to protect the president, so he sends the president up, like, up this wall, like, a, a, as, like, a Crane sort of thing, uh, not crane. Um, so something I can do with brain freeze. There's got to be something there. Yeah, but he didn't freeze. He burnt. yeah. That's why I've, I've, I've gone <laughs> for like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know but there's got to be something with brain freeze. That I can work <laughs> on. But yeah, um, president goes up the wall. Yeah, carry on, carry on. Uh, <laughs> uh, president goes up the wall. Um, Snake uh, Duke starts to come up as Snake kind of gets up the wall. Snake hides, attacks him from behind, knocks the gun out, and um, kind of knocks Duke out a little, uh, runs over to the wall, and starts making his way up this wall, and for some reason, the president is a dick. Stop that Snake as he's like halfway up the wall, shoots Duke, Shout some something in like Cockney rhyming slang in British, and then starts the crane again so Snake can come up all the way. I don't know why you needed to stop the crane, but 
fuck it, here's the present, he can do whatever he wants. Um, and then there's whole, there's a whole, like, this is towards the end of the film, obviously. No-brainer, is that, does that work? That, that, yeah, that works. There we go, um, no-brainer, I've, I've no, justified no my brain. existence on this. <laughs> <laughs> He's a no-brainer. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Only took me what ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. So the the president turns up towards the end. Um, he's getting makeup put on him. He's basically saying, "Hey, uh, if there's anything Snake needs, give it to him." And the snake's just like, "I need to ask one question." No, I want to hear that like- as an impression now. I <laughs> your best Snake Plissken impression. You want me to do my f- best Snake? Your Plissken. best Snake Plissken. I have one question. And then the president's like, yeah, okay, ask. A lot of people died today. It, it's kind of like a shit Batman. That's not bad, to be honest. That's, yeah. Oh, thank not you. not too bad at all. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of people died today. Do you feel anything about that? And the, the president, obviously, being a fucking dickhead politician, is like, well... You know, their 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 sacrifices all went to the greater good. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then Snake so, dooms the world to nuclear Armageddon. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, yeah. The, the president goes live uh, to this like uh, worldwide Senate hearing thing, and he's like, "Hey guys, I've got everything that we all need to survive and live in peace." And then he plays the. He puts this like cassette tape that was in his briefcase that describes his whole plan step by step. Um, but it ends up being the cabbie's mixtape and it plays like shit elevator music while the president's standing. I'm trying to remember who was in charge in uh, Russia during 1988. I, I think it would have been um, Gorbachev. I think it would have been the last one. The USSR. There was about three that were around. There was basically Nikita Khrushchev. And mm. there were three. There was Brezhnev. There was two others. I I think it would have been Gorbachev. Mm. At that point. You know the guy with the uh, birthmark and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been him. It had just been fucking over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it plays elevator music. A snake wanders off. And start. This is when uh, Lee Van Cleef is like, "Hey, I think we should work together." And at the start of the film, Snake was like, "You can call me Snake." At this point, he's like, "You should call me Pliskin." All that bullshit. I don't. That's in I don't, honestly, films. I don't know which is the like endearing term for Snake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They both suck, but I don't know if it's like we're friends now. If it's I hate you, I genuinely have no idea because he never yeah, changes I... his demeanor. No, yeah. He's never happy, he's never sad, he's just snake. Um and yeah, as he walks away he starts tearing this like the actual tape that the president wants to pieces. And people just let him wander off. Like, oh, you don't want to stop that guy? Nah, it's fine. And then he just disappears, that's the end of the film, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, revenge for Cabby. Yeah. All for Cabbie. Beautiful beast. And that's, yeah, Escape from New York. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm happy to say. After after watching, and I'm an expert on this, after watching 15 Jean-Claude Van Damme films. <laughs> Kill me. You know what happened with that? My nan fucking decided for my birthday. Um, we'll come around on Christmas, as it were. Said, oh, Kieran likes films. He reviews films. Oh, wait, this wasn't this Van Damme. This is no, it's John. No, it's John Claude. No, it's John Claude Van Damme. Oh right, yeah, okay. And I know far more about John Claude Van Damme than I should know now. I'm like in a stock. Genuinely, right in the collection she bought of fifteen, there was Universal Soldier two in it. And yeah. I don't know what part of my brain said, "Well, I need to see the first one first. I don't know why I thought that. Okay, I don't. Uh, right, I don't. Uh, right, okay. I have probably a very. Um unliked opinion. I like Universal Soldier 1. I like uh, Oh, I should actually take a, I should look at that picture that you sent me. It's it's right. a while back. I'm going to tell you, everyone here, I'm going to force my nan to go on this podcast at some point and just talk over Van Damme films. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as revenge. Um, but right now, the ones I'd recommend, or the ones I can remember off the top of my head, uh, Hard Target is very good. Mm-hmm. That's got Bishop from Aliens in it. Um, oh, there's hard something else as well that's not bad. That's like a rap thing in the modern day. Hardcore? Like a rapper wants to kill. Yeah, hardcore. That's not bad. There's one set in a prison, Death Warrant. Very good, actually. Universal Soldier's good. Um, double. Uh, ah, shit. That's the one that I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of that one. That's not double. bad. It's got like a Sean Connery impersonator in it. Yeah. That's Double Impact. Double Impact, there we go. That's not bad. That's the one where he's twins, right? Yeah. Kurt Russell, yeah. for me, like, there's two groups of 80s um, action heroes. There's mm-hmm. the guns shooty ones, that's the muscly ones. Kurt Russell, yeah. Schwarzenegger, Stallone, um, Dirty Harry, to be fair, Clint Eastwood. During this, yeah. I class him under that. Uh... Fucking, oh, who are those? The two cops, the buddy cop film. Big one, who's Mad Max at the time as well. Uh, the Lethal Weapon. Yeah, the, the yeah the Jew-hating one. Lethal Weapon. Whoever he was. Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel Gibson. That's the one. Him. <laughs> that's all. It's quite hard to say, but I prefer that group. I shouldn't have really went with Mel Gibson last. But <laughs> I've dug myself a hole and I've got to jump in it now. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the, the other side, which... I like, but I don't like nearly as much. The martial artists, John Claude Van Damme. I class mm-hmm. Steven Seagal under that. I hate you for that. Yeah, yeah. I I actually quite like Under Siege. I don't have anything against that. The one on yeah. the uh, Navy ship. No. I like yeah. Under Siege. No, that's that's the only good film he's ever made. It's the only film I've ever seen him do. Also, classes more under the um, the gun shooty side. Yeah, but he's not muscular. He's a fat thirty-five-year-old. Yeah, and he likes to change where he lives, like where he was born and raised, so that's yeah, good. I'm Russian. I'm yeah. Chinese. He's Japanese, he's Chinese, Russian, from the Bronx. He does blues, he's like... All I can say is like, there's, um, there's a sketch done, I'll have to send you after this, by uh, an American comedian, who Tom Segura, who I'm seeing next month. Yeah. And it's funny as shit who did a bit on Steven Seagal that's hilarious. Be Steven Seagal in modern day um, 
is a cop. He's a qualified police officer, which actually makes a lot of sense for Escape from LA and Escape from New York. But if Steven Seagal was in charge of the police force, these films make a lot of sense. Yep. Quite he suddenly. Wasn't, no. He's not he's not a legal um uh, uh policeman. Okay, he might not be, but he claims to be. That's the important yeah, part. He, he goes on air, which is illegal, I think, actually, <laughs> to claim yeah, to be a police officer. Yeah, it's imitating a cop. That's a crime. Yeah. But yeah, he, he goes on and says, I've been a cop for 30 years. He's full of I'm, shit. I don't know. I've got experience in this. Sorry, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I've worked the police like 47 years. Yeah. But <laughs> I fucking hate Steven Seagal. I've been doing martial arts for like 90 years. I know my stuff. Steven Seagal. He fucking doesn't know shit. But, you but know yeah, what, I, a... I prefer these action, either way, I prefer these action heroes, these uh, muscly gunfucks, to the martial arts side. Like the, yeah, the I, Lee I would... side, Jet Lee side, the Jackie, even the Jackie Chan side. I know it's 2000s, but I class him under that as well. Yeah. I was born and raised watching like Bruce, Bruce Lee and like Jackie Chan films and Van Damme films, so I... <laughs> Go the opposite way. That's fair, but yeah, that's perfectly mm-hmm. fair. I mean, both are incredibly overindulgent and just haven't been done justice since. Expendables yep. is the only thing I can think of in my head that tries to recapture it. Fast and the Furious fucking doesn't. Fast no. and the Furious fails the mark entirely. But it, it's but it's it's the Rock throwing a torpedo. I hate the Rock. I hate Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I can't stand that fucking actor. He has got so little charisma. Compared compared <laughs> to yeah, I know it's a fucking out there, but compared to Kurt Russell, compared to John Claude Van Damme, who can't speak fucking English, right? Yeah, that's fair. okay, yeah, yeah. I think that's why I like Kurt. I think that's why Kurt Russell's my favorite. He's the only action hero from the eighties who can speak. <laughs> and you've got that's fucking like, yeah, Schwarzenegger true. who can't. Say a fucking word. Adrian! Yeah. You got Schwarzenegger, Sly, Van Damme, and Steven Seagal, who changes what ethnicity he is, like, every week. You can't understand shit from. Yeah. And you've got Kurt Russell in the middle. He's doing his best to be, like, not understandable. Trying to cut an Eastwood impression, but fails. And you can actually hear the fucking words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. It's staggering. Hello and welcome back. Jumping in to the sequel. Took a touch for a break to talk about shit I can't even remember now. Yeah. I just remember comedians. That's it. Yep. Shit about, oh, that was it. Yeah. How the British are being decimated by American comics and ISIS Toyota. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fucking great shit. Uh, Escape from LA, which, go through the cast and crew quickly. Yep. I'll be honest. I like the film. I really like the film. I've got some compunctions about it here and there. Um, mostly with the sci-fi tech that they use, the science stuff that they go through, and the fact that it's the same film done again. Like, beat for fucking beat. Yeah, pretty much. But beyond that, I like it, because I really like the first fucking film. Uh, Skeffer and I, cast and crew-wise, directed by, again, John Carpenter, who, Halloween thing, they live, Salt Precinct 13. Yada, yada, yada. Um, he said... Uh, famously that he doesn't like directing sequels to stuff because he doesn't like doing the same thing again, which, fuck me, Halloween 2 is so far off 
how close Escape from LA and Escape from New York are. It's incredible. Uh, yeah. Uh, written by, again, John Carpenter, who does write sequels occasionally, to be fair. Uh, Kurt Russell actually wrote this and apparently wrote the last 15 minutes, which I presume was basically we come in on hang gliders and it goes bang, bang, bang. And then we go in yeah. helicopter and it goes bang, bang, bang. And then we leave. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's... If it was more than a page, I'd be surprised. It goes bang, bang, bang. Snake Plissken has... Oh, well, we'll get there. But... Believe it or not, I don't know if it is on your side, but on my side, that that's a compliment. I love the finale of this. That's, <laughs> that's my favourite part. Second favourite part of the film. Bruce Campbell, I've got a soft spot for. That's, that's yep. my second favourite part of the film. And I'll get into that in just a moment. Yeah, I'll say the quote before we get into it. And uh, also wrote by Deborah Hill again. Frequent uh, Carpenter collaborator. Very fucking good. I think she died in like 2005 looking her up. Real shame because she clearly had massive talent. Cancer, I think. Uh, so cast-wise, we've got, again, Kurt Russell, the Snake Plissken, his favourite character to push on. Uh, all that same mm-hmm. stuff. Bruce Campbell. Um, as the Surgeon General. Uh, right. I, I will say I love the fact that you haven't put a lot of the minor actors in this. In oh, this. There are so many, I just couldn't even... Yeah. But you've gotten Bruce Campbell is like yeah. my favourite person 100%. ever. 100%. So I've got him second. He is, he is second on the casting list before even the main bad guy. <laughs> I've got like his books sitting over there, If Chins Could Kill, mm-hmm. on the side. He is one of my favourite actors ever. In terms of, you know, 80s cheese that we're talking about with um, Escape from New York, he's the pinnacle of that. Yeah. He is the absolute best ever. In fact, he's so good that his films later down the line, some of my favourites ever, that he touches, are still 80s cheese, despite being nowhere fucking near the 80s. Yeah. He's just that good. Um, Evil Dead, he was in, obviously. He's produced the new one. He's wrote the new one. He was in the 2013 one as well. He wrote and produced that. And the originals worked with Sam Raimi. I don't need to say anymore. He, he was in all that. Uh, Dark Man, fucking great. Maniac Cop, he was in a slightly minor role. I say minor. He was kind of technically the protagonist, but not really. And honestly, and this might be sacrilege here, um, I should say for Evil Dead as well. One of my favourite poker games of all time, and um, Poker Night, Night the Inventory. I think he voiced his actual character in that. I know Patrick Warburton did. Pretty sure he voiced uh, Ash in that as well. Really good. But yeah, uh, outside of Ash Williams from the Evil Dead stuff, possibly my favourite ever performance by him, which might be sacrilege, is Bubba Hotep, where he plays... You know, I'm not going to spoil it. He, uh, he plays Elvis, and that's all I'm going to say. Have you seen that, Steph? Have I shown you that? No, I still haven't. Wa- it's you know been what? on my list of Fu- things. If, if Ronya fucking wants to watch something with you tonight, watch yeah. that. It's on. It, it's um, not that we uh, not that we push pirating from massive corporations, um, trying to take money away. But uh, Bob Hotep is fully available on YouTube. <coughs> YouTube. <coughs> Sorry, had a nasty uh, cough. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. That's the one. Yep. Fully available. You have to buy the DVD, though, unfortunately. Which, mm-hmm. like, 10 to 14 days shipping. What an inconvenience. 
If only there was a website you could watch this for free on. Yeah, I know. Right now. Fully free. I've lost words. Yeah. Uh, then we're going down the list. Got Steve Buscemi. Great actor as well. Uh, who's playing Map to the Stars Eddie. Once again, this is a film where people decide, fuck names. All yep. on titles now. Uh, in Reservoir Dogs, which, favourite Tarantino film for myself. Uh, Boardwalk Empire, which I haven't seen actually. I need to yeah, get around to that at some point. I think it's basically a 1920s style uh, Sopranos slash Mad Men slash Breaking Bad slash every HBO special has some fucking supreme white guy who solves problems with drugs, alcohol, and or sex. I swear and to God, they only make one show. Fire. Yeah, they only make one fucking show on that entire mm. network. Uh, also in The Big Lebowski, playing Donnie. I love that film because I have to be a stereotype. Fargo, playing one of the uh, criminals in the original film, and Death of Stalin. You've I mean, forgotten one of his biggest films. Do I even want to ask? Embarrass yourself? What is it? I was taking the piss anyway. It's an Adam Sandler film. I know he's in Grown Ups. Yeah, he's in Grown Ups. He's in um, well, what uh, Mr. Deeds? Where he's the wonky-eyed dude in the prison cell. I just want to point out that you knew all that. You knew all that. Uh, Peter Fonda, who... I don't know if he's married to Jane Fonda. I don't think he was. I don't know why I didn't look it up while I was going. Um, I'll I'll Google it right now. Perfect. Playing Pipeline, uh, Peter Fonda, who was in uh, Easy Rider, Free Tent of Humor, great fucking Western, uh, Wild Hogs, which had Tim... Alan in it and was just awful but for some reason I had the DVD for and watched about a hundred times when I was like 12 Younger brother of Jane Fonda Younger brother so it's related to her uh, yep. and kick off finish off on Pam Greer who plays Hershey what's with these fucking names That's Right, porn uh, star got... 80s names no I've got a feeling Hershey is basically um, them taking the piss of them being transgender. Because they've got a masculine voice and a feminine body. All I know is it's the type of chocolate that's sold in the US. Yeah. Around about. Yeah. Fair enough. I just, I, I, I think so. It makes sense because I've seen <laughs> you, I've seen you put it in the cast and obviously you put their real name and then the character's name. Yep. Did you copy that from the credits? Is that uh, how it's spelled? Hershey, yeah. Copy that from the credits. Then I most like I'm almost certain it's probably just taking a piss at the transgender. Fair enough. Oh fucking Hershey. Yep. That took me so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just not fully together today. Yeah. I'm not all there. Brain at the dead. The brain freeze, the no brain of all shit. Yeah. It's so good. It's a no brainer. <laughs> She's been in uh, Foxy Brown, Jackie Brown, no relation, and Coffee. Uh, Jackie Brown, second favourite Tarantino film of all time. I think Pulp Fiction's like five, fifth for me. And Inglorious Bastards is last. It's awful. That's my awful take for the day. A uh, budget box office wise, a budget of fifty million, 
massive compared to the six million from the previous, even given inflation and box office of twenty five point five million US dollars. Now, as always, I say that marketing doubles the budget, um, but I don't need to tell you that this was a flop. This is probably one of the biggest flops we've ever covered. Wait, Tra- so they spent about a hundred million making this, That's and they only got say seventy five million. Since the eighties or nineties, late nineties, seventy-five million and got twenty-five million back. Ooh, yeah, I, I think this might be the biggest flop we've covered thus far. Yeah, and, probably. I mean, just on the basis that no one's willing to put fifty million into Bud the Chud for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows why? Did, did Chud Chud didn't make any money, did it? I'm trying to remember. I don't think it made anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sh- Yeah, I think that actually just completely flopped. And for some reason, they decided to bud the chat. What a great fucking idea. I'm so glad they made it, though. <laughs> um, so, as you trivia-wise, cut Russell Wade's same costume from the original film. It still fit him. 15 years in between the two. Apparently, he was very happy about that. You're not that old, you prick. Yeah. He's not actually got that fat. He's he's kept his shape. He's no yeah. Seagal. He's managed to retain something. Yeah, he hasn't turned into a fucking onion. <laughs> so we're okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, giving his hair hairstyle a minute like the whole fucking like top knot shit. That is perfect. Mate, to use that. Oh, it looks like he's got a bit of carpet like stitched to the top of his head. Sorry, he's I'm got going faker up. hair than Joel McHale. Yeah, he had faker hair than John Travolta, and he's bald. Yeah, that's why I uh, I respect. Oh, what's his name from fucking Blood Rain and Titanic? Um, I can't remember his name, but he he, he Billy started Zane. Billy Zane. Yeah, he started going bald and he just shaved it. Yep. You know what to do? Just he shaved it and went wig me, wig me up. Billy Zane, fucking class act. Yeah, he's uh, he still fits it after fifteen years. Kurt Russell. Uh, Quentin interview with John Carpenter, Kurt Russell came up and wrote the entire ending to the film, the last 15 minutes have said. Uh, it was filmed almost entirely at night, over a 70 day production cycle. I suppose to give that some context, a film we've done during 1996 or 1994, Wishmaster 1, was shot over 28 days during daylight and night. Uh, so, 70 days is actually pretty decent for this. Yeah. Wishmaster was on hell of a schedule uh, and the film is known for having fairly poor CGI I think that's a fair statement to me Yeah, it's borderline modern day asylum which says a lot about modern day asylum films actually now I think about it um, but that's to be fair actually no not to be fair they should just pick the different house is because that uh, Buena Vista visual effects had never dealt with CGI before. So shouldn't have just fucking done it in the first place, should you lads? <laughs> it feels like we're mocking them, but we couldn't do it. <laughs> See, I don't like that phrase. I can go to McDonald's and complain about the fucking burger without being a five-star chef. I'm allowed to do that shit. Yeah, okay, fair. I don't have to be an expert something to say how bad something is. It's the power of a critic. I can be a talentless moron and still tell everyone that they're shit. And people listen to me. I have power. That's why I do this. 
It's the only reason I do this. Yeah. It's the only way what I get a bad movie. Honestly, it's the only way I get off at this point. Yeah. It's okay. to know that I, I turn people off with movies. That gets me off. <laughs> Why watch a movie when you can listen to two <laughs> British twats talk about it? I branch out. I have girls occasionally. Oh yeah, sorry. Two British twats, a Canadian, uh, a German. Occasionally a shit. Where's Astrid from? New York. New York. Yeah. I'm gonna go New York. Um, uh, came on for what was that? Cronenberg. Yeah, Cronenberg. Yeah. Right. Uh, either way. Jim Free. I've yeah. got an- I've got a fucking another girl from Birmingham coming on actually soon enough. So we're uh, fucking it? pussy magnet. I am. Is it Lydia? No. <laughs> uh, Thai sister. All oh, right, okay. Fucking thirty, forty odd episodes. Free girls flock to me for relationship one. advice. Yeah, one I'm, for every ten episodes. I bring the women. Bring them in. I could always get. I could get Mike to put on a feminine accent. <laughs> I could take him yeah, in. Michael, Michael do it. Worst case. Oh, yeah, anyway, um, jumping in. So, Escape from LA is just Escape from New York. Done again. Slightly worse. Uh, worse or better? Yeah, I think you're right. It depends on perspective. Yeah. Um, I, I think... Right. So, th- there's two types, two types of sci-fi in my mind. There's the mm-hmm. gritty, realistic shit, the detectives, the noir stuff. Takes from that, blade, your Blade Runners, your uh, early Expanse. In that series, I heard it gets really sci-fi. I'm only through the first season. Don't fucking spoil it for me. And Stargates, to some extent. And then you get the the sci-fi side of things. The really sci-fi stuff. Your Star Warses, your Star Treks, your um, Battlestar Galacticas. And, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. I prefer the former by a wide fucking margin. But this film is just enough the former for me to enjoy it. The, the oh, sci-fi bits I hate. I really hate. Yeah, I... So, I fall into the cheesier it is, the funnier it is for me. Um, so, with the first one, it, again, it, it it's made to be an 80s like action flick kind of thing like one of those b-movie cheap uh action films and this one is made to be a 90s b-movie action film so you've got all the cheap gadgets you've got all the weird shit you've got a person dual wielding fucking revolvers uh you know that kind of thing, but it's just the guy from the eighties doing it again. <laughs> yeah, which has to, they yeah. point out a lot, actually. Yeah, they have to wear like in the nineties one. Sorry, in eighties one, he's wearing like camo and he's got like a vest top and shit like that. In this one, it's like no, you have to wear a leather trench coat and you know all the cool stuff. Basically, he looks cool in one of them. Yeah, and it looks like it looks like the school shooter at Gimp Academy in the second one. Yeah, he looks like someone that's dressed in a black bod- body condom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, 
obviously it's fireproof because and thermal uh, seeking proof for some yeah. reason yeah I don't know <laughs> I suppose black reflects heat technically doesn't absorb actually no does black absorb it or does white reflect yeah, it black, black absorbs yeah. it white reflects it he should have gone in like a fucking uh, Elvis Presley yeah. Michael Jackson suit yeah he should have gone in with like a white vest, top, white, <laughs> white leather pants. Doesn't yeah. matter if you're black or white. Nope. This kind of shit. I mean, unless you're in a dark room, and then it does matter. But, but it's more fabulous, isn't it? Yeah. Barclay. And I'd have fucking seen him in a, like a, not Elvis Costello. Who was the fucking uh, dare jumper in uh, Canada during like the seventies? Evil Knievel. I'd have seen him that. Knievel, yeah, yeah, an Evil Knievel suit <laughs> with, his, with his chest showing, yeah. whiter than paper. He's got a deep V uh, V neck. Yeah. Um... <laughs> All right. Either way, yeah. Um, kicking off, we've got synth music as well. It's the same theme, pretty much, just with a bit of an uptick, which is. It's like a lot of this film. It's the same but worse, just marginally. Mm -hmm. um, the theme is the same but worse, and they really should have tried to come up with something slightly different, I think, or more different than they had. It's still good because, as I said before, I prefer the theme to Escape from New York to The Thing and to Halloween and to everything else Carpenter's done, all of which I love, um, including vampires. I like vampires. I like the theme to vampires. But yeah. It's yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. It, it's not as good, and when looking at them back to back, you can see the differences. And we've yeah, got... I I watched these. Thankfully, I, I I didn't do what I usually did and marathon them in a day. I basically watched one, did something else, came back the next day, watched the second one. These are good as well. These are actually yeah. decent. Yeah. You could do you could do a marathon with these fucking films. Yeah, I I marathoned the shit till I was suicidal to the point where I can't even do like I can't marathon a good <laughs> a good one anymore. So, so what what did your dad think of them? I know he saw them. Uh, he he saw the first one. Um, Has he watched the second one yet? I think he's seen the second one before, but I don't think he's watched it recently. But uh, he he fucking apparently he loved the first one to the point where he was like, "Are you putting the second one on?" I was like, "No, I've got to do something else." And he was like, "Oh, but well, uh, when are you watching the second one?" I was like, "I'm gonna get home from work tomorrow." Okay. I was like, "I've bought them. You can watch them at any point." Right here, Steph hates old people. Steph yeah. hates the elderly. Yeah, Steph hates the elderly, including family. I sit with my nan to watch John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I had to watch Street Fighter with her. I had to sit for oh, that. Oh, come on. Street Fighter's great. You know what? Fucking anyone who hates on Street Fighter, anyone who bullies it, hasn't seen the film. Street Fighter the film is a lot fucking better than you think it is. Sorry, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll go back to talking about Escape from <laughs> LA now. Despite, you know, I, I will be going into that later. Right, history on Scare from LA. I was talking about this like off on camera. I think I might hate 
the audience. <laughs> Sometimes. I don't know why I do this. Um, Someone's got to listen. Yeah. You poor bastard. <laughs> right. So, uh, Jummy and, yeah, uh, so simp stuff. Backstory on all this in the far, far off year of 1998, which wasn't actually that far off during the film's no. life. I suppose technically, like New York's so already been a prison and presumably like Milwaukee as well. That shithole. Yeah. No offense to the red light media crew. Um, actually, no, fuck it. I don't <laughs> notice the difference. <laughs> LA. What's the second place? You said uh, Liverpool. Oh, it's Liverpool and Manchester. You'd like yeah. combine to one super prison. Yeah. It's more like a Western super there. Second one up. <laughs> yeah, you said Blackpool and Western. Yeah, both of them. The beach properties of uh, England taken. Because they're fucking abysmal. They're just depressing places. Yeah, no one wants to go to a Birmingham beach, uh, an English beach. You know, Birmingham did like a, uh, a non-oceanside beach once. That yeah, that is the, the of, most depressing thing wasn't ever. It in the middle of city centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So sad. people were sitting on it in fucking like deck chairs and like the fuck are you doing? With like tanning booths. Oh god. Yeah. Fucking stupid shit. I don't know who came up with that. It's the, the worst idea anyone's mm. ever had. I'd love to do. I would love to do <laughs> one, one either where you live or in Wolverhampton where I live. Yeah. That would be the most. A bit. How many cigarettes would take up the beach within like the first yeah, hour? Yeah, it would just be. It would just be fagash. It won't be sand anymore. <laughs> they could do that. Fucking yeah. recycle fagash. In the right <laughs> way. Nineteen ninety-eight. America basically turns into like a Amish Mormon commune, all predicated on an earthquake prediction. Oh right. Okay. He says there's going to be an earthquake in the year two thousand in LA that's going to scorn the sinners of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, famous cities where people turn to salt and shit for looking back at it in the Bible, Book of Job, crap. And uh, yeah, America elects in a lifetime president. Yeah, and he's a dick. It, well, he's a Mormon slash Amish slash Jehovah's Witness slash possibly Scientologist. Who knows? Yeah, I, I did. I did notice towards the end of the film that there's like no, everyone's a vegan. No one's allowed to smoke. No one's allowed to have sex before marriage. No one's allowed to do like uh, alcohol, Wait. drugs, fucking. To borrow from Stallone, it's basically um, Demolition Man. Yeah, made into a society. Demolition. What a great fucking film as well. Yeah, it's first Stallone stuff. Yeah, it, it's basically that. Just. Over. So me and Steph would go in like immediately. We'd yeah, be sent yeah, to LA based on just the transcripts of this alone. <laughs> you do a podcast. Go to jail. Any like five minutes, let's be fair, any five minutes of any of these things, I'm definitely fucking going in. And you're yeah. definitely fucking going in. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no defense to any of this shit. I think they say atheists. Um, I can't actually, just like sinners, prostitutes. Which reads to me, if you ever go through the Ten Commandments, if you're uh, anyone young listening to this who isn't in a like Christian school and has never been taught any of this shit, Ten Commandments aren't some of the stuff you see in some of the uh, the kids' books. They aren't all just "Thou shall not murder," the uh, "Thou shall not create false idols," 
is in there and thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. That's like number two. Mm-hmm. Which always struck me as a bit weird. Thou shalt not rape is not in the Bible. It's not in the Ten Commandments. No, that's just a that's just a common decency law. <laughs> is that not kind of like this? Like when they're when they're introducing like prisoners going into Snake, um, the guy, the uh, the the equivalent to uh, Lee Van Cleef's character, is introducing oh. people going to the prison. He kind of says like, these are the prostitutes, and these are the atheists, and these are the sinners. And you go, have you not got any murderers? No rapists. I assume they're part of the sinners, maybe. Or are they in, like, the New York prison? And this is just particularly for atheists? In which case, I take offence Or to how the city we, went. We do, we do see two people getting the electric chair as they're going through. Maybe they're the murderers. Maybe they just go straight to the chair. It's more efficient. Yeah. I'll give that. Well, 100%, yeah. I'll, I'll allow that one. Richard Dawkins <laughs> going in, gets the electric. Rest of us push on forward. And you and me are, uh, get bumfucked by Bruce Campbell's surgeon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd be fucked. He did work on himself, right. right? Yeah, I assume so. He's got a weird plastic face. Can he, uh... Should I... Can I say that? Yeah, fuck it. Do you think you he, uh... Do you think he's strapped on a black dick? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Right, okay, so <laughs> I haven't said this actually, yeah, swiftly moving on and to yep. the one guy who has a go at me here, ever saying that, fuck you uh, Right, nearly elected president lifetime, and we get Snake um, just for the yep. sake of outside of the uh, podcast my notes that me and Steph are both reading through on this I've occasionally just used the long form Snake is all yep. I could hear in my head whenever his name was mentioned was that bit from uh, Metal Gear Solid where Snake dies yeah. and you just get this Snake, Snake, Snake Yeah or he what? has literally written it in large uppercase letters with an exclamation point towards the end I think I've put below like with question marks and everything Yeah And the problem is I've got no idea what that reference is anymore Not a clue Yeah, it just says Snake That's all it says Oh I, yeah, we'll get to it, but I think I know, maybe? Actually, I'm looking at the previous year. I think I've got a decent idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so Snake comes in, he's dressed in the same clothes from 15 years ago, which still looks yeah. fucking cool, frankly. Again, yeah, probably still, smells still like Axe cool. body spray, but yeah. looks cool as shit. I'm surprised they haven't just, like, worn away from just, like, Decades of you. But... Where's well, the question? Is it a Homer Simpson situation where he's got hundreds of them? Or is yeah, it... he's only got he's only got one outfit. Yeah, one outfit. Yeah, which he's got one outfit, but he's got like sixteen different copies of. If it. I, if I met a genie, that's my wish. Like every everyone picks an outfit that looks good on them, and that's all they have for time immemorial. Like, it's personal tailors <laughs> who just work on that shit for everyone. I I would adore that if that was just the case. You find something that looks good, and that's that. That's what you get. Yeah. But yeah. There's a line in it that just bogs me the wrong way. I think it's a joke. Um, but it says from the girl uh, that's working with the government, uh, looking so retro, kind of 20th century. Not, Yeah. Looking retro, 
20th century. And she says it in a dismissive way. And what can I think of? It's like fucking like your fashionable black jumpsuits. You bitch. <laughs> Fuck off. So this is it, yeah. Uh, prostitutes, atheists, and runaways. That's the exact quote. Which, those are the people being thrown in. I'd be thrown in. Steph would be thrown in. Most yeah. of my friends would be thrown in. We'd all die. Or be yeah. butt-fucked. For all time. Yeah. I think I'd join up with the surgeon. Fuck it. Oh, 100% Bruce Campbell could. I'd let him do it now. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this, man. Your chin's big. I'll uh, find out if you're bigger down below. To go for that. <laughs> that, that's my uh, gay conversion. Yeah, just that's, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, just on, on yeah, pure no, that's war fair. alone. That's that's fair. Uh, we get yeah. Um, so again, this film is basically the previous, but done sillier and more over the top. Which in Steph's case, cheesier, funnier. In my case, to be honest, it's kind of the same thing in some aspects, but in some areas, it just I don't know, it goes too far. Possibly not too far, possibly not far enough, sometimes. Yeah. Um, it, it's so similar occasionally that it's, it feels like it's just treading the exact same beats minute for minute. Yeah, so the there's, again, there's minute changes. So, in this one, he's not rescuing the president, He's rescuing the president. Sorry, he's sent in to kill the president's daughter. And find... Uh, you find out about this later, far later down the line, about an hour in, but might as well say now, where he finds a um, a box that has an EMP device attached that can turn off the electricity of an entire region forever. It can just disable an area. Which, I mean, yeah. this is science fiction, so yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yes, that's so, fine. Like each each continent has a different code. Like if you wanted to EMP specifically the UK, it's like probably one two one. Um, you can imagine, but, can't you, that the fucking yeah. um, the guy or the president has like Jeffrey's annoying fucking neighbour. Yeah, from sixth grade, the guy who gave me a well, work willy. That's that's two five six. Someone, someone's put a code in for the world and obviously it's 666 is edgy and this comes to I'm presuming you're going to ask why have they put a code in for the world why is that allowed Yeah. Mm -hmm. and my answer is it's 90s cheese Yeah. and that's that's what 90s cheese is they allow that it's a code for the world because it's a code for the world that's how it stands and I will stand by that full time. Yeah, uh, this stuff taken by the daughter, delivered to a person called Cuervo Jones, which is basically Che Guevara. Yeah. Just in complete look, sound, demeanor. I suppose not goal, technically, but who knows what it'd do. It, it's Che Guevara, 100%. Which uh, yeah, I'm I, fine I, with. I, w- I don't mind. No, I, 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 I'm fine with it. I'm more, um, I think I'm more annoyed now that I'm thinking about it. I'm more annoyed about the tech than anything else. Oh, the tech I hate. Yeah. So he's given an assault rifle 
like a fancy new age. It looks like the gun from Aliens, to be fair. Um, and he uses it once, which fails. But okay, so he's given a single. He's given a clip of blanks, which is already loaded into the gun. And he's given another 500 rounds for this uh, assault rifle, right? He uses it. He tries to shoot the people that are giving him the mission. And they're gone, ha-ha, dickhead. We're holograms, plus we've also, you know... Oh, no, no, right. So they're holograms previously. They give him the mission. He goes oh, and right. tries to, to attack them without the gun. Mm-hmm. And they say they're holograms. Ah, what can you do? Then later, he's going down a pipe, he shoots the gun, and they say, we thought you'd do that, so we filled the first round with blanks. Just on the basis that if you didn't do that, you'd be shot dead immediately. Yeah. I what want, I want the to send you on this, fuck? <laughs> I want to send you on this really difficult mission. We're going to load your first clip with blanks. The first people that you come into contact with are going to kill you. All I can presume, right, is that there's been about 30 incidents before this. In between the president, like he's been stealing back senators and shit, and he's shot the people who've sent him every time. <laughs> and only now have they come up with a solution. We should probably put blanks in his fucking first round. I, like we've got uh, 30 dead representatives now. I will say it doesn't really matter because he loses the assault rifle literally moments after he gets to the city. Yeah, outside of that. The only other point I want to make mention, and we're not going to talk about him getting out at all. He's got 10 hours left because they need to make it a shorter time limit. I think that's the only other thing we need to say. And we've talked about the fucking Gimp Academy clothing. Yeah, basically. Um, everything else is the fucking same. Rather than two little pellets that will blow his arteries up, which worked fine, I should mention. That, that was all right. It did the job. He did his job. He was saved. Good. That's great. Uh, they give him a disease that deteriorates him, because that's what you want. Be special operative. Yeah. You want him getting worse as he goes along. Yeah, when he's already going to be fatigued anyway, we want him to basically be on death's door. Which they, they say at the fucking end, like, ha ha, it wasn't a killer virus; it was just the flu. Why? Why did yeah. you infect him with the flu? Yeah. Uh, right. Why? I, I've got a, I've got a sense that this was uh, apparently Kurt Russell's like ending, right? Yeah. So I've got a feeling like there's a whole thing going on with the end where it's like a everyone double bluffing, everyone's double bluff, the double bluff, and you know what, Kurt Russell loving Snake Plissken, that hundred percent makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm with but... you. With you, we'll 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 get there, but it's stupid as fuck. Yeah, it's oh. it's it's literally <laughs> the only part of the movie where I was like, why? <laughs> Everything else, I was like, right, I'm I'm a hundred percent here for, but that was that, just like, eh. I said, I I like the cheesy elements, the the surfing bit. I will defend to the day I die. The hang glider bit. Along with Roger Ebert, which the quote I think I've said already, but I'll say again later. I love fucking yeah. hang glide bit at the end. 
the sci-fi bits were so unnecessary. Yeah. Just leave them. Just make it simple again. And then go nuts. Then go nuts and everything. Because the funny part is them being stern and serious in front of complete absurdity. But the holograms just somehow take away from that. Making it just normal stay. I don't know what it is. It's just too far for me. I still love the film. The, yeah. You know what? The Bruce Campbell bit is fucking... That's the limit. That's like <laughs> that's the upper point of that is fucking hilarious. That everyone's serious through this shit. That some guy's coming at you looking like a fucking... What would you say? Melted mannequin. Yeah. Looking like Henning fucking Vane. Jumping in. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. For the rest of us, yeah. Um, yeah, either way. So, Pliskin gets... You know what would have been really funny as well? If he'd have killed both of them and it had just not talked about it at all. That would have been funny. <laughs> yeah. He still went. <laughs> yeah, he still but went, like... but he just killed both of them. That would have been genuinely hilarious. They, sh- they should have fucking done that. Oh, by the way, you know the, the uh, guy there? Do you know what his name is? The actor? Go on. Stacy Keach. What, the one that's supposed to be... Uh... That's the guy. Okay. That's the lead guy. That's the like, Lee Van Cleef. Plug in. You poor bastard. Yeah. Stacy Keat. That is the whitest girl name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm fucking certain someone used that as a white girl disguise at some point in the film. I'll have to, I'll have to remember that, but I'm certain someone used Stacy Keach. To be like, I want a pretty white girl name. Yeah, either way, uh, Snake shoved into a submarine. Submarine moving out. And it's pretty much immediately destroyed. Yeah. So, uh, he's going around in the green screen sub. Um, Very poorly done CG, by the way. Uh, He, for some reason, um, most of, like, most of the places oh because of the earthquake probably but everything's underground uh, underwater uh he has to use a sub to get close to the city of la i guess now um and he basically like the nuclear reactor that's powering the sub is close to bursting because uh snake is putting it into overdrive because he's the one that's got this sickness so the other guys can shove it so he jumps out of the water in the sub like it's a fucking dolphin or some shit. Um he lands on like this very tumultuous like very like flimsy bridge that's like already mostly destroyed and he just gets out of the sub thinking, "Yeah, I'll leave this here on this partially destroyed bridge." Um instantly it starts to fall back into the water. He tries to like lift like this two thousand, three thousand pound fucking sub. Yeah, it falls into the water. Given he's been told that this is his only in and out of the city, it's like we can't come get you. That's it. After the first fucking film, where the sugar glider uh, fell to the ground, surely better for backup plan. Crowded. Yeah, backup plan. Let's uh, let's do that. How they yeah. didn't think any at any point. Let's yeah. let's. I fucking love that 
the sub there's CGI of the sub like like submerging in the water and there's like six dudes on surfboards like just standing there <laughs> looking up at Snake. Like, yeah, it's a normal day. <laughs> yeah. That's just LA. I don't think yeah. that's even like part of the film. That's Ooh, just brass. some guys turning up during filming yeah. and they added them in. Preview. Uh, LA's a shithole. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've never been, but... Uh, yeah. So we've got Snake coming up on the on the beach. I genuinely thought... I, I'm pretty sure this guy turns up far later in the film as well. He's the surfer. Yeah. Partway through, I thought that was British Campbell. To my no. fucking eternal shame. Now. Yeah. No. Uh, because this he, was, is, this... he, he had enough makeup on him that you could just kind of think, oh, maybe... But this yeah. dude looked old, and I think in this film he's like 40 odd. Fucking Bubba Hotep looked old. Campbell's been I done. I haven't up. seen it. Watch it tonight. Fucking watch it tonight. Honest yeah. to God, it's so good. So fucking funny. But yeah, um, we've got. He, he basically just says, I'm passing through, and they go, fair enough. And they're yeah. through. <laughs> and then obviously he knows who Snake is. I thought you were dead. All that sort of stuff. That's um, all he says. It's like, yeah. I went up to you. Please don't point the gun at me. I thought you were dead. Have you got anything else to say? Not really. Oh, wait. They they keep bringing up a uh, a job in Canada or something. Uh, it's not Canada. I can remember where. It's, um, shit, I can't remember exactly where. It's in America, though. They keep bringing up this other job anyway. Yeah. and The, um... Hershey was part of and left yeah. him at because apparently he's yeah. possibly oh, yeah. died like three or four times by this point and people yeah. are just picking the most recent and at no yeah. point does anyone go well he's not died the last five fucking times or the yeah. last 30 times you say the last 30 presidents so he's probably still alive Um, yeah he just wanders through LA until he wanders upon oh he wanders into like the red light district of LA I guess because every road there is like everyone's having sex this is where he fight he he's got um the SWAT team have gone in apparently one of them might still be alive cuz their track is still going um he walks in finds this red light district finds that like that hid the beepers coming from inside one of the hotels there. Um goes in, the dude's dead already, so I don't know where the fucking thing's beeping, but whatever. And there's just dudes throwing like knives at his body. Snake just wanders off. Some dude starts trying to start trouble. He goes to throw a knife at Snake. Snake just turns around, blows him away with the uh, assault. He doesn't turn around, he just takes the assault rifle up. Oh. Yeah, just, yeah, just aims like yeah. over his, not even over his shoulder, just, just like, behind. Aims, you can yeah. hear the twisting. Just, it's eighties, eighties cool. It's the only yeah, time he uses that fucking gun as well. And yeah, so he wanders off. Uh, a lady of the night points him in the direction of this Corvo's palace or whatever. It's like a um. Oh, what you get in America? You don't get it here. Like parade floats passing by. 
Yeah. Jesus, can you imagine a Grimsby parade float? <laughs> Wolverhampton parade? That would be so depressing. Yeah. You get like, oh, that's Wolfie from the fucking Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's a prostitute. That's a crack addict. That's a homeless man dying in the street. That's a fucking dessert shop masquerading. It's actually a drug den. Yeah. I have a... I, I love my hometown. It's shit, but I love it. That's the difference between the UK and the US. I know my hometown shit. Yeah, he, he finds this just parade float, cars going by, uh, a yeah. kind of show of force. I'm presuming because, like, Curvo, uh, Quervo has found this um, device to turn everything off, and he's... Yeah, he's got powerful. he's got the president's daughter in like a bikini, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna kill everyone in the U.S. That's not us, all that shit." So come over to my place, and we'll get shit faced, I guess. Yeah, um, we get like a uh, forty-minute period. Of... Fuck me, we get like a five-minute, ten-minute action sequence where Kurt Russell grabs hold of a bike. Starts riding down, shooting up the fucking place, and then he got yeah. crashed in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I will say he could have done this a lot better. Like he's got an assault rifle, shooting Cuervo. I think would be yeah. the number one. Yeah, shooting Cuervo as he's driving past is number one. Uh, or if he got there, he didn't. But if he did get there after Corvo has already drove past. Take one of the bikes, take the back bike, and then while everyone's distracted because they don't see what's going on behind them, you kill everyone in front of you, drive up to Corvo, shoot him, grab the thing, go. Very quick thing, but apparently not. Uh, Snake decides to ignore everyone in between him and Corvo, drive straight to Corvo so everyone's shooting at him from behind him, and yeah, so eh, pretty much yeah. That's, yeah, and he ends up crashing. They find him. He does like a they, that. To be fair, that is a great scene. Where like throws can the air and says, "No one will draw before this yeah. can hits the ground." Yeah, so he gets knocked off the bike after at this, and he does the he does like a quick draw, which is really cool. I guess it's it, it's what it I would fucking do. is. It's great. He shoots them before the can hits the ground because he's a dickhead and a cheater, and yeah. it is brilliant. It's he so eighties. Um, do you want? Do you guys want to do Bangkok rules? And everyone knows what that means, so they back off, hold their guns down. He throws a can in the air and goes, "When this lands, everyone shoot." He and throws it, it into the air. So all four of them, we should say, go. Yeah, yeah. sure, we agree. Rather than. Yeah. No. No, I'm going to shoot gonna, you now. Yeah, I'm just going to shoot you now. Everyone agrees. He throws the can. They're all distracted. Bang, 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 bang. They're all dead. And then he's like, guess I best go. And then just walks off. Um, oh, he's lost his leather jacket at this point. Uh, a dude takes it. And um, lost his gun, I think. His main yeah, rifle yeah, at some point. Yeah he's, yeah, he's lost his assault rifle. He's shot... He's shot one person over his shoulder, and that's it. But don't worry, he's going to lose the rest of his shit now. Yeah. It's like immediately yeah. after. Uh, we get As we get to the Surgeon General, my favourite scene, which is fucking ridiculous. 
he hides, he finds his next love interest. I'm really sorry, love. You're going to fucking die within the next five minutes because this is Snake Plissken. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just that he's got like premature ejaculation. He's really fucking embarrassed of. He doesn't let anyone survive beyond the first yeah. encounter, but you're fucked. <clears throat> I will say, right, he has some of the corniest shit lines to some of the stuff. I love them. I fucking love his lines. It's it's like, oh, aren't you scared you're gonna die? And it's like we're we're all dead on the inside. And it's like I love her shit as well. She's from Hot Shots. That's oh, the shit. only thing I know her from. She's from Hot Shots. Oh shit. Yep. Um I've never seen that. Yeah, it, do- it doesn't matter. It's just I I recognised her as like, holy shit, she's in other stuff, not just hot shots. Um, yeah. So, uh, she he basically sneaks into a bush because he sees some people just uh, like uh, uh, no, he hears an ambulance coming from behind, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna get into some bushes because now I'm completely disarmed. There's like thirty people over there. Um. This, he meets the love interest. She kind of goes, "Fuck off," but stay quiet. Um, he goes out. He crawls out of a bush, <laughs> and he sees a a robe dude just across the street, and he's like, "Oh, okay." Then a net gun is shot at him, and then I'll let you do this bit because let's face it, it's your favorite bit. So he's taken underground. He's strapped up to a um, upwards like loading jockey, medical apparatus, and we see. You know what? It really hurts me to say, but the only place I can remember this Indian guy being in before, um, I know his mm. name's Shirley something. He was in Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. No, oh, like God. the Indian Mall Cop. They see him in the corner. They're all strapped up both next to each other, all on gurneys. And then Bruce Campbell comes in, looking at like a melted wax work of some German. Who's hey, I can't be xenophobic, who can? <laughs> it, it really is like a they've shoved like a mannequin face over him. Just welded yeah. on. It's great. To the point where I couldn't recognise him, and I don't think you could either immediately, I'm presuming. Unless you knew who it was. Don't fucking brag. What, this Asian guy? Yeah. I knew who he was, but I don't know his name. Well, like, you couldn't... Could you recognise that it was Bruce Campbell, like, from the off? Oh, yeah. Right, I'm just an idiot. Never mind. Yeah. Never as, mind as all soon, of that. As, I'm just a fucking idiot. As soon... Literally, as soon as that dude came onto the screen, I was like, okay, that's Bruce Campbell. Right, I'm a moron. Yep. He comes out, starts basically feeling up the girl beside him from Hot Shots. Yeah around a room and he's like, yeah, that dude's fucking hideous, I don't want to be him that dude's a, that, that woman's a piece of shit and then he walks over to the love interest and Snake yeah, the love interest goes, those tits will look great on me yeah, something like that, not exact quote there, but roughly you know, uh, it goes over to Kurt Russell, fills him up touches his mouth, and then Kurt Russell taking off the little uh, injector that he got from the army earlier on, the police earlier on, shoots it out yeah. and knocks Bridge Campbell out. And 
as every AT movie protagonist is the luckiest bastard alive, it cuts through the ropes and he grabs Bruce Campbell hostage and you uh, you take it from here, Steph. Yeah, so um he he's right, so this is a mouth dart and it's supposed to stun someone for like several seconds. Um he takes it to the uh, Bruce Campbell takes it to the forehead like a champ. Um like a chap, sorry, how the fuck else would you take a forehead dart? Can you take it like a puss? Is it like fucking you take a forehead dart and you go, you just let out a noise? How the fuck never, else would you I've take never a forehead taken dart? A dart? Yeah, exactly. So, how do you know if you took it like a champ? Because it's a tiny fucking dart, I assume it probably wouldn't hurt. Okay. He takes it without any pain or consideration to the dart going like, in. Like not, a not a fucking champ. <laughs> anyway, that happens. Um, the the doctor is holding like uh, I wouldn't even. He's trying to take Snake's eye out with what looks to be uh, like a fucking uh, um, like a piece of cutter, like a, but with serrations to it. Yeah, it looks like someone's got a fan and they've made it from um, scalpels. I think it's a bone cutter. I'm yeah, going back probably. to like my Scrubs era of watching shit. Probably that's me. I don't. I don't live stuff. I watch things. Yeah. Again, taking his one good eye out with a bone cutter probably wouldn't work. Sorry, definitely wouldn't work. And then, obviously, dart to the forehead. The he like uh, drops the bone cutter against Snake's ropes, which of course he does. Um, and then pretty much after this they escape through the sewers the love interest who's now I can't remember the life of me let's just say hot shot hot shot goes with Mm -hmm. him through the sewers she goes to the top says she's a Muslim Mm -hmm. and dies yeah basically it was like yeah this place is alright this place is great it's you know it's not as bad as people make it out. When I first got here, fucking no one gives a shit. And then as soon as she's done this speech about how great this place is and how free it is to be here, she gets shot and dies instantly. Um, And then uh, Kurt Russell is saved by the cabbie. Oh, sorry, no, wait, this is the second film, not the cabbie. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Yep. Uh, It's a different film. Yep, where Mm -hmm. he escapes from some underground monsters. Like human monsters, who mm-hmm. come up to capture him from the surface. He runs away. His love interest is killed in the process. And he is saved by a man in a car who takes him off. Yet these are different films. Yep. Separate. Entirely totally, different. Totally different. Totally different. Um, How did they get away with this shit? <laughs> Honestly. I don't know, but they made it, what, how many years? Between 15 years? 15 fucking no. years? Was it that long in real life? Yeah, 15 years. Fuck, okay. How did they get away with this? They did these films 15 years apart with the same... I, I love both these before, films, yeah. but how did they do this? How could they fucking manage that? Just, um, we'll write the same film again because I love the characters so much. How could you do that? Oh, um, fuck when, me. And when we say he gets saved, this is another very minor detail change. Um, 
instead of being saved by the cabbie, which is Steve Buscemi. Uh, the brain, um, sorry, I should say. Brain cabbie kind of mixed in there because yeah. he immediately betrays Kurt Russell, yeah, in, yeah. which is nothing like the first film. Yeah. Nothing at he, all. He, for some reason, installed two darts that come out of the dashboard and have, like, knockout fluid in it or something. It, it's like a go-to-sleep medicine. I don't fucking It's not know. a great look for Steve Buscemi, is it? No. It goes around as, like, a tall guy. It, it's a bit rapey. Yeah, it's a little yeah, rapey. Yeah. Um, Kurt Russell did not sit down. Uh, over the next few days. Uh, so Snake wakes up and he's tied to a fucking um uh uh what's that fucking machine where you, you walk on it? Um treadmill. Treadmill. Sorry, what's that machine where you walk on it? How fucking fat are you? What's that machine? I don't go What's to that the machine gym. where you wrote the rowing I machine? Use, I use my leg legs to fucking walk to places i don't walk in a single spot a, I, i'm to be fair no i'll give you that i met a um a ugandan who worked at my place like, right two years ago and he said and i'm not i'm going to spare the accent here he said why do you guys drive to the gym to run on a treadmill and i yeah, yeah i agree with him like wholesale yeah fucking gyms are stupid I can lift cans of peas, and that'll be giving me the same fucking thing mm. as a workout. It's fine. Pretty much. But, right, yeah, uh, either way. Um, so he's he's uh, handcuffed to a treadmill, thank you, uh, and basically made to walk in the background of this Corvo's fucking um, like nice. hostage video. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I guess is the best way to do it. Yeah, and pretty then, much hostage video. Uh, then Corvo's like, "Hey, we're gonna take you outside, and we're gonna give everyone in this in the place some fun. Um, we're gonna show some entertainment. Completely not like the first film. This time, it's a basketball ring, basketball court. Sorry. So yeah. basketball." Yeah, he has uh, to do what is it? Five hoops, uh, ten seconds between the two on a full court. Yeah, which... he basically he has to score ten points. Um, two points a hoop. Yeah, and basically has to run back and forth between the hoops, um, and he's got ten seconds to do it. Obviously, he's got a flu. He's got the man flu. He's got. Um, a, a small amount of stamina left because of that. The first couple, he's doing okay. The last two, he gets a bit winded after, and the last one, obviously, he throws from one side of the court to the other, sinks it, and everyone's like, oh my god, snake, 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 snake. Snake, snake. To be fair, how many can we do? Oh, I couldn't do one. Sorry, I'm, seriously, I'm... you can do one. No, I couldn't do one. You, you couldn't do a single. Well, you, you played basketball in secondary school, right? No. Not once. No. That was like my favourite time in sports. I, in PA. I hated PE to be fair as well, so I had less of a. I mean, I'm six, six two, six three. I love fucking yeah. basketball. I could bully I'm, kids. I'm five five, like, five four not maybe. O- not only that. 
I was playing with girls. I could bully them oh. to shit. <laughs> yeah. complete that's, what, that's, that's what you want to put on a podcast. That's, that's what I'm. That's girls. what. Yeah, girls playing. They're at five three, five two. I just fucking they try to throw it in the air. I push it back in their face. <laughs> Ruined their fucking life. I, no, I yeah. see you being one of those men that's like, yeah, you just got dunked on, motherfucker. And it was, it was like they, they said that shit. They uh, throw it up. I pushed it back down. It's all skill. That's what I said. Yeah. It's all skill. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you, can't, you can't do shit against this. <laughs> you gotta get better. Get better, scrub. Get that. Um, I, I, I can shoot though. Not from the halfway line. Not consistently. No, I, Nowhere I'm near consistently. Certain, I'm fairly certain I cannot sink. I, I can sink from about six tenths of the court over, and I can get it fairly consistently. But what Snake does is uh, impressive as fuck. Yeah, it's back and forth. It's it's five hoops. Uh, it's Cuervo, not as, it's not, it's not as it. impressive as uh, Ripley in Aliens. What backhanded? Yeah, backhanded from across. Is the that place. Aliens or is that um, the Alien Resurrection? I'm trying to remember which uh, film that I, is. I have I have no fucking idea. I just know it's in one of the Alien films. I think it's Resurrection because that's when she's an alien hybrid. Yeah, after three. <clears throat> Uh, oh no! Before three, yeah, she's he's um Brad Dorf like looks at her, uh, mm-hmm. an alien in a weird, sexy way. I think that's during yeah. Resurrection with uh yeah, ah fuck Hellboy. Um, yeah, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, yeah, yeah, Resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does all that, and yeah. Cuervo so goes to get... shoot him anyway. Yeah, everyone's cheering for him. He pull Corvo, Cuervo pulls out this like M1 Garand esque fucking rifle goes to shoot him snake climbs up the basketball uh fence fucks off into the distance uh jumps down into the sewer i, I get, can't remember how but he, he gets the rifle he gets shot by steve fucking buscemi yep steve buscemi shoots him in the leg or in the ass or something and he leg, leg like, we're outside of gay porn stars now, man. Oh right, no one's yes, getting pounded sorry. in the ass. Snake, snake is too cool to get pounded. In Snake's the too ass, cool to get snaked in the ass. Yeah, the president's to get daughter snaked from behind. Snake tells the daughter to just fuck off because he was sent to kill her. Um, he gets shot, falls into like this sinkhole. Uh, an earthquake happens, so the sewer starts to collapse. Everyone thinks Snake's dead. Hence, why Steve, uh, I, I suspect, Kieran's put Snake, Snake, Snake in his notes. Um, and then you know, I'm I'm 100 percent going to take that out, and I'm going to put in the real one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, That's fine. Absolutely. Um, um, I just want to know, you're never going to hear Steph do that in full. I know you heard me earlier, but you're never going to hear Steph do that. Yeah. That's, that's for me. That's yeah. only for me. I'm the <laughs> only person that's going to hear that. Right, yeah. Um, there, there are some times in this podcast I really wish it was a video cast and we could show you stuff. Because yeah. this scene here, you have to it's see awesome. it to believe it. Is awesome? Is that what yeah. you're next to? No, it, it's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. So but he surfs on a tidal wave from the uh, earthquake into yeah. the oh, uh, fuck me the awesome dude bro um that 
he saw it earlier in the film is in this like valley of shit apparently with his like dune buggy um and he's got like 16 fucking surfboards for some reason um snake bumps into him and he's like hey you've got to do this gnarly ass wave with me brah um and apparently they do snakes a fucking professional uh surfboarder as well because mm. Why he not? can do everything. Yeah. You put this fucker in front of a xylophone, um, he's going to start putting off um, Beethoven symphonies. Steve Buscemi is driving along the highway up next to this valley <laughs> while he is catching up on a surfboard riding a tidal wave. That's the dumbest he... sentence you'll ever say in your life. Yeah. He, he like, fist bumps the dude bra. Jumps from the surfboard onto the back of Steve Buscemi's vehicle. Like, Sorry, car. retroactively, that's the dumbest sentence you're going to say in your life. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of dumb sentences, let's face it. I love this uh, film so much. Um, and then Snake basically climbs up to the front, threatens Steve like to shoot him in the face. Then Steve's like, hey, I know this dude that used to work with Corvo and, um, you know, that there used to be partners. And Sorry, doesn't he fucking... talk about the the CD cassette tape? You know, so that... Oh, shit. No, that's the first film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the yeah. first film. Yeah. It's my bad. Um, in this one, it's a disc. Okay. It's different. Car. Hmm. Um... So yeah, they take him, uh, Steve Buscemi takes Snake to a person that they call Hershey. Um, Who's played by Pam Greer, I said earlier. Yeah. Um, in, have you seen Jackie Brown? Nope. I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I'm not a huge Tarantino fan. I don't really like Kill Bill. I don't really like Inglorious. I saw mm. that, but Jackie Brown, great film. Like, yeah. Drenched in Reservoir Dogs. That's what he's done. Um, it's worth watching. 100%. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm that, have a look. that quirky, kind of um, quippy, fun era of Tarantino mm. that isn't too overindulgent. And too, too Tarantino, frankly. It, it's reserved, which is a good thing for Tarantino. A very good thing. Kind of like uh, Edgar Wright, actually, when you think about it. But yeah, um, they make basically a discussion back and forth. Snake fills her up, or him up. He, she, he, man. Yeah, pulls Bit. out like a small cock pistol thing that they were hiding by their crutch. It's one of those like mini pistols. The implication um, of which, yeah, yeah, it was inside her probably, um, or him, or him, whatever. One of which is much more painful than the other. <laughs> Maybe they were hiding it under their balls. One oh, anyway. of these is not like the other. Um, I, and they basically end up yeah, teaming push up. through this, team through it, uh, <clears throat> team up beyond this to take down Cuervo and then head out. And I may have um, quoted this earlier, but I'm going to quote this again anyway, because this sums up the entire third act. Uh, whose heart is so stony 
it can resist the sight of Kurt Russell and Pam Grier swooping down from the sky, automatic weapons blazing in an attack on Disneyland. <laughs> was that supposed to be Disneyland? Yeah, it's supposed to be Disneyland. <laughs> That's a quote from Roger Ebert, the, and I'm not taking shit on this, the best film critic of all time. And that sums up, I think, the last, like, 15 minutes. The entirety yeah, of Kurt Russell's portion. They hang glide in into... Yeah, Corvo's plan is to basically get the police to send a helicopter in so he can fly out and basically live his life um, with the president's daughter. And obviously the whole crew is like, hey, we're going to hang glide from the Hollywood sign into this apparently Disneyland. Um, And we're gonna just attack them with heavy well not even heavy assault weapons it's Uzis and fucking shit um then that kind of goes to plan well I say kind of it it works apparently yeah they they fall from the sky like fucking armed rain I guess um and then Basically, just hijack the helicopter, take the briefcase. Uh, there's some funny business between Steve Buscemi and um, Corvo where they go to hug each other, and Steve steals the steals the thing that Snake wants, and leaves a dummy, fake one, on them. But somehow Snake ends up with both and then there's the whole double cross thing towards the end which I I watched it literally yesterday and I still have like trouble trying to I, remember what what it hits to me is Kurt Russell um, someone who can't fully write 80s action trying to do a double cross thing where he could have just he should have done the first film straight up, just given the wrong yeah. thing, and they should have gone along with it, and that's fine. Yeah, that but, that works, but you had to, you had to go fancy. Yeah, which apparently is, everyone knows Snake's move, so they're like, "Oh, clearly he's going to give me the fake one." I so. think that's the problem with the entire film. The film is yeah. too fancy for its own good. It tries this sci-fi shit. It tries to. Say that, oh, I know what Snake Plissken's going to do, so we're going to subvert that. If it stuck to its guns and just basically did what Escape from New York did, but in LA, it would be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And it'd stand it, um, stand time, along with Escape from New York. But the problem is, it tries to improve it and fails. Yeah. It's still good, it's just nowhere near as good. So basically, how how I'll explain this is, Snake flies a, somehow flies a helicopter, um, then basically it crashes. He tells the president's daughter to jump out. Um, he jumps out, fucking whatever. He comes walking out, offers offers the thing to the president. The president goes to pick get it. And the head police honcho 
goes, no, 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 we found the president's daughter and she has this thing. She has the real one on her. We'll take this one. And then it ends up being that Snake was knew the whole time that they were going to double cross him and were going to shoot him. Um, uh, so they gave him a holographic projector that only lasts eight minutes at the start of the film. He uses it right now. Or I don't know why he chose to use it now. Um, and was like, yep, I've got the real one. Fuck you guys. 666. I'm going to doom the whole world to caveman mentality. And then, yeah, basically dooms the entire planet to basically revert to cavemen with automatic. So, um, yeah, basically uh, me and Steph... I have to go from our podcast to uh, Milk and Chocky. Yeah, Milk white, and Chocky. White Chocky. <laughs> that's, that's what Kurt Russell does to us. Yeah. Thanks, I, Snake. You've let two people get gang raped. I, I like the ending to this quite a lot. I like the first I, film as well, where he dooms the world to just shit. Yeah, I preferred the I preferred the first one because it had more like. I prefer the first one in every way, shape, and form. At no. every aspect of the first one, I think he's done better. Um, but the first one was just done so well that the second film still works. Trying to be a copycat. That's See, the, I like my take. I prefer I prefer the second one up until like that double cross scene, and then I prefer the ending of the first. That's very specific. Yeah, I know. I, actually, I prefer... Oh, I don't know. Buscemi? Uh, sorry, yeah. Buscemi. I prefer the cabbie to Buscemi, and that's that hurts me. Yeah. I think the cabbie is better. I think, you know, every part of the first film, I genuinely think is just better than mm-hmm. the second one. I just like the second one. Every single fucking aspect. The music, the lighting, the setting, the actors... Except to be fair, the romance stuff. Mm-hmm. Shit, I feel like an arsehole saying this, but I think the women, <laughs> the female actors in the second film, are better. Um, because the women in the first film are just abysmal. I think there was only one in the first film, wasn't there? Yeah, and she was shit. Yeah, two. There were two. Two, right? Yeah, sorry. The, the love interest, love interest and, was dragged under yeah. and. The love interest of the brain who was so bad. I will say that when we say love interest, we mean there's I mean, Snake very, Snake yeah. jacks off to her about thirty minutes later. Yeah, basically we we insinuate there's like very clear sexual innuendo going on, and she's dead within two minutes. Kind of love interest, pretty much. Like yeah, there's there's no like. Oh yeah, this could actually be a thing. No, she's dead. So, uh, I mean, I recommend both of them. Yeah, I would recommend both. I actually enjoyed this. Yeah, the, the, these are just great eighties films. Mm-hmm. Outside of it, these are just brilliant. I don't know uh, anything from your martial arts days. Um, sitting down. Anything you recommend? That's similar to this, or you, you know, it goes like anything you recommend if you like this stuff. To be fair, I, I will say if you like this stuff, it, it would probably do you fucking very well to watch like John Claude Van Damme movie or um 
or it like very cheesy Arnold films like fucking Commando or something. Um, I was gonna say the same. Just yeah, any John Claude Van Damme film me or Steph mentioned during like the yeah. between sections. Um, watch those. Yeah, fucking Hard Target is the best. Uh, um, Universal Soldier. No, Steven Seagal. Under Siege. I'll, I'll allow, I'm going to allow Under Siege. Yeah, because Tommy Lee Jones is in it. Yeah, he's so good in it. Yeah, not because Steven Seagal's some good in it. incredibly attractive swimsuit models in it. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I can, Steven Seagal, I can forgive on those aspects. You know, the 80s action hero It's uh, is dead to the modern world. It's not something yeah. I don't think ever will be replicated until possibly 2080. You know what? There's there's one Jackie Chan film that I'd recommend as well, and it might uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh the one with Chris Tucker. No, no, that not Rush Hour. I like Rush Hour. No, uh, it's it's something of the Drunken Monkey. It's basically Jackie Chan is a fucking alcoholic in the film. And he just beats people up. You know what, fuck it. Great. What I'm going to recommend outside of this, um, and this is martial arts, this isn't anything to do with fucking gung-ho action stuff. Yep. Watch everything for that. Play through a game from Bioware called Jade, uh, Jade Empire. Yeah. I yep. think that actually, in a fucking bizarre way, um, holds quite closely to the philosophy of Escape from New York. It's just straight in kind of a abstract sense. Yeah, I can get behind that. Sit through that. As um the evil path, the best path in Jade Warrior. But yeah, that's uh that's Steph coming back. And I will be whenever I can take him in my van, beat him up again, <laughs> slash him up. Get him ready. Whenever he can force me to watch shit. Which is probably gonna be twenty twenty three for uh summer time for Resident Evil. Oh yeah, the New possible Resident Evil film that comes out. Death Island. Ooh. It's going to be shit. Most likely. I like the fifth one. I I like one half of those three we touched. (laughs) I'm I'm optimistic. I'm ready. You know what? I, I say I like one film of the three. Not like as one film, like collectively. Uh-huh. But, yeah. They're better than most this year we touched. Statistically. Yeah, yeah um, thanks for listening. Yep. Sit down.